Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex, and then episode number 158. And to get into the mood of the episode, we have all shrunk ourselves down to about an inch tall. I'm Keith. And Keith. These guys somehow, for some reason, got their vocal cord shrunk too. Mine's fine. It's because we're far away. That's. Oh, okay. I'm all, I'm, I'm all climbed up on my mic. I can't reach the microphone. If we were close to each other, we'd hear each other in normal voice. Oh, okay. No? Yeah. No, I don't think that's how that works. All right. I, I took the epic point of view of that. <laughs> how are you guys? You're the only one that took the epic point but of view. But they did too. No, they didn't. Well, to some extent. No, they didn't. Yeah, because the voices were slower and yeah, louder. And he right, but he was pointing out wrong that they wouldn't hear a really high-pitched. That's kind of the principle of, that was part of the principle yeah. of epic. You guys have a good week? I did. Yeah. There was I a can't week. think of anything other than I worked last night. <laughs> But that was because I volunteered, so. Aw, why'd you volunteer? Uh, they needed somebody to bridge the show, and I had a, like, massive Friday night that I had to deal with with our live shots from Indianapolis, and so I kind of felt sorry for them and thought, you know what, they're going to need some help. So I went in and bridged the show so we could do our live shots for Saturday night because they don't have anybody on the bridge. Oh, that was nice. The guy that used to do it is uh, actually working in Wichita now, so... So I went in and showed the guy that will replace him, Bridging, <laughs> on a night that I should not have been showing him what to do because it was so chaotic. And, and a night where he didn't learn anything. Yeah, well, luckily the ABC show was pretty normal, and then oh, they, they, we didn't end up overlapping like I thought uh, we would. But that makes it easier. You know, you have to readjust everything to do that second show. So beyond yeah. when we got to the sports block, I said, okay, that's the basics, so I'm just going to do my thing now. And, so he got an idea of how to, you know, to time the show yeah. and move stuff around if needed and whatnot. So drop stuff. So um, well, that was pretty the much it. The kids have a good the, New Year. The kids had a really good New Year's. Happy New Year, by the way, to everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. To anybody Our first then. broadcast in the wonderful world of 2014. Wonderful. It's hard to believe it's 2014. Yet to be seen, but um, <laughs> I guess it's been wonderful so far. Um, uh, Not by going kids, outside. It's kids not. Welcome up. to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> I had to work, and so, but luckily I get off at ten forty-five, and so I got home at eleven, and we pretty much just watched the ball drop, watched all the festivities in Times Square, and we ate our pie because we pie we eat pie every year. That's our our tradition. I don't know where it started. Caitlin just one time said we're supposed to eat pie on New Year's, and when she was like three, <laughs> and ever since she's been three, we eat pie on New Year's, New Year's Eve. So I'm okay with that. So tradition. We, yeah, any well, reason to eat pie? Well, that's you know we didn't we didn't say it was wrong. So did, 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 you, did you bring any pie tonight? <laughs> I did not bring any pie tonight. We always go buy individual slices because we all like different pies. So uh, it's not like we had one big pie. What was your pie? Well, actually, Mason had made these uh, apple turnovers at school. Uh, and basically, all it is is a cru- uh, cru- uh, croissant, and you put filling pie, apple pie filling in it. You roll it over, you bake it, and then when it's done, you put cinnamon sugar on top of it. It's just that simple, and they're really good. And so I had them make me one of those when they made Mason's because that's what he wanted for his pie. So it wasn't mm-hmm. technically pie, but and, uh, pie and it was really good. It was really good. So had that. Um, and we, you know, we had we had noisemakers and champagne poppers, and Holly and I opened a bottle of wine that we had 
uh, reserved for New Year's Eve, and uh, it was fun. We stayed up, said New Year's, went out, Happy New Year, went out and popped our poppers out back in the really cold, <laughs> snowy weather, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much our New Year's. We didn't do much else. Saturday morning, I missed Friday Night Who because Saturday morning, the kids had their first basketball games of the year, so Caitlin won hers, and I can say that now because she plays upwards, which is church league, and up until the 5th, 6th grade level, they don't keep score. It's it's uh, it's the, one of those, get the fundamentals down, learn about it. They, they do keep score, but they don't make a big deal about it. But now they're playing high school rules, and they're so that these mm. girls actually are ready to transition yeah. into junior high and yeah. high school. That makes sense. And so uh, they won. She made the first basket of the game. Hey. And they beat the other team, so that was a lot of fun. And then we went over in Mason. This is his first year to play basketball together, and he's in the kindergarten league, league which is just hilarious to watch. In fact, if you saw the <laughs> post that I put on Facebook, it's just a joy. They actually played better than I expected them to. But the nice thing is he doesn't have practices during the week. She has practice during the week, but he doesn't. What they do is they go and they practice for 30 minutes before their game. Ah. And then they have a game that lasts 30 minutes so that everything's fresh in their minds. They can apply everything that they learned in that 30 minutes. And Smart. that really works well. And then the coaches are actually out there on the floor with them. And they walk around and tell them. You kind of give them direction and guidance. And so it works really well. It gets them prepared for those upper levels where you don't have so much interaction with the coach. And, and so that went well. And uh, I'm he, sorry, but the entire time you're telling the story, I imagine the How I Met Your Mother episode. No. Lily and Marshall teach <laughs> kindergarten No, the different uh, versions of coaching. Um, no, uh, it, it, we keep telling him he won because everybody wins on the oh, yeah. kindergarten team. So. <laughs> well, you don't keep he didn't make any baskets, but he made a valiant attempt. So At um, least he tried. He's really good on defense. He goes out there and he's got his hands in the air like he's supposed to, you know, uh, blocking and whatnot. That's another thing that this first sorry, year. I'll, t- I'll take a defensive player on my team any day of the week before I take somebody goes out and scores baskets. It's really, really well done because what they do is they wear armbands on their wrists or wristbands, I guess, on their wrists that are a certain color, and then they go out and they look for that player that has on the other team that has the same color, and that's how they match them up for man to man. And for uh-huh. every t- every year up until fifth grade, they always play man defense, man to man defense. This year, that was another thing with Caitlin is they were teaching them zone defense. So this was the first year we got to see the girls actually play in a zone defense. And it actually works for them better. And so, which, you know, there's times that you need man-to-man. There's times that you need zone. But the zone really worked really well for them. And I think they kind of are adjusting their play style to that. So that that, that kind of was cool. Hmm. Anyway, I got, got me on subject. <laughs> um, yesterday, and then, of course, we I watched the Chiefs game for the first half of it anyway, and then we did family movie night, and what we've been doing, we, that was one of our New Year's resolutions, is that we bring that back, but not specifically have to be Disney movies since we're not preparing for a trip, but we really enjoyed doing that, so we thought we'd throw some other ones into the mix that we hadn't seen in hmm. years, or ones that we haven't seen in a long time, and so what we're doing is each week we pick a movie that we want to see, and we throw in a hat, and we draw, and the one that we draw is the one we watch. Huh. Well, this week, Caitlin put Muppet Treasure Island in, oh. and we drew that. So we watched Muppet Treasure Island, which was great, because I hadn't seen so it in a long time. No, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Holly hadn't seen it in a long time. Caitlin oh. had seen it more recent, but Mason had never seen it. We didn't realize that. So so he sat and watched the whole thing. It's so. been so long since I've seen that one. I was, I've been tempted to pick up the Blu-ray, but it, I don't like that it's a Blu-ray combo pack. See, and I've got it on... Uh, well, it's with... It's, it's with, like, the Muppet Caper. Muppet Caper made me yeah. mad. Yeah, those, I don't those, have that on Blu-ray either, but those two together. go together. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Pirates and Pigs is... Uh, the Pirates and Pigs edition. 
is what, what, is that called? what it's called. Oh. I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah, that is kind of clever, <laughs> now that I think about it. But I don't, they wouldn't go next to each other on the show. Right, that's my problem, is if they're going to put something together, it needs to go with something that it would be next to in line. So It would anyway. make sense to have Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island on. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally John does agree not with agree. That. I totally agree with that. Um, and then what else did we do this weekend? Uh, we went over to my dad, mom and dad's house today, and we celebrated we beyond that. Apparently, it's what it is. It bothered me when I picked up Muppets from Space that was paired with Muppets Take Manhattan. Muppets Take Manhattan, or something. No, no, that, that one actually yeah. kind of made sense. No, nope. were the the only reason it makes sense is because those are the two Columbia uh, TriStar ones. Yeah, but okay, they're not together chronologically though because no, they did Muppets, Muppets Take Manhattan and then Muppets, Muppets in Space was no, like the no, last one, wasn't uh, it? No, they did Muppet Christmas Carol and I think they even did uh, Muppet, Muppet Treasure, Treasure Island, Island and then Muppets in Space. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm but, saying. But, like but until because Muppets, Columbia Muppets in Space was like the last theater release. That's, that's just it, it was the last theater. Release. That right. still makes sense because they're the last they're the last two movies together chronologically that they were the Muppets. Well, not well, they were Muppets playing, playing other characters. Other characters. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay That's with true. it. I wouldn't have a problem with that. So Wibbly wobbly muppety whoppity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the only reason Muppets for Space got made was because Columbia TriStar still had part of their contract oh, left to make another – they had to make another Muppet yeah. movie, and so that's why they did Muppets for Space. I liked Muppets for Space. It was enjoyable. It I wasn't the best movie, it. but it wasn't it wasn't the best. But uh, And then today we went over to my mom and dad's and celebrated my nephew's 13th birthday. My gosh. Teenager now. Your nephew so, can't wow. possibly be thirteen. He's thirteen years old. I couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, it was. It, I was a little prepared because my other nephew, Holly's sister's son, just turned thirteen in October. So we've got two teenagers in our family now. So, but the fun times begin. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Shows me what I got to look forward to. <laughs> With more drama. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. I, I, I'm. Are we doing family movie night tonight? I hate you. I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I no? watched any other. <laughs> I got the Muppets. I don't care. I don't think I watched anything else this week. So some Doctor Who with Caitlin, but just whatever random episode she picks. Oh, I know what the other thing I did. I felt that Caitlin especially didn't get everything she wanted for Christmas, and so on Christmas Day. No, it was the day after Christmas. We were all. No, it wasn't. I think it was last weekend. We were all sitting at home, and Caitlin's been obsessed with Minecraft videos on YouTube. And there's this one guy specifically, which, by the way, if you've got a kid that likes Minecraft, wants to watch Minecraft videos, there's a guy named Stampy Longnose who plays on both PC and um, 360. And she's been obsessed with these since she got the game? Or since, no, because she plays, she plays on her iPod all the time. She's been playing uh-huh. for the better part of a year on her iPod. Gotcha. And but she's kept bugging me to get it on 360. So she watches these all the time, and we've been getting hooked on them because they're funny. The guy's great. He's really, really. He does them really well. Mm-hmm. He's very PG. So like I said, if anybody's looking for you know, uh, there's no language in him. He talks about he, he's more plays in creative mode and creates like these lands and and things that he does. And he's got this love garden where he makes names of people that listen to his videos and send him, you know, it's kind of a video podcast for Minecraft. It's really, craft was really what it boils down to. We were watching these and I keep watching him. Well, because she didn't get, I don't think she got everything she wanted. I said, you know what? I'm going to do something special. So I downloaded it, surprised her with it. And they got all excited. Mason, who's been wanting to play for a long time, got all super excited. So they sat down and started playing this thing. And I've been watching them play it. And I just, just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Finally today, picked up a controller. <laughs> 
started playing, and I said, I'm, you know what I'm going to do, though? I'm not going creative. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play the tutorial, I'm going to play how to learn how to play the actual game and do this the right way. And so I sit down and start playing, and I got started, and I was playing through the tutorial, and Caitlin comes in and sits down and goes, can I play? I said, yeah, I'm playing the t- tutorial, and we're going to play this like a real game. That's fine. Okay, so I sit down. So she starts playing, and I finish the tutorial. And she still has to finish the tutorial to unlock another area that she can go into. So she's playing, she's playing. Mason comes in and says, can I play? And I said, oh, buddy. I said, I don't think this. you can play more than two players. And I said, well, get the other controller and see. And sure enough, you can play up to four. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I knew you could play two because I saw you and Mel playing one time when I came over. Or you and, uh, uh, not Cody, uh, Billy. Billy were playing yeah. one time. So we popped in and we all three were playing. Of course, then so Mason had to finish the tutorial <laughs> as well because we all started in tutorial mode. And so, um, yeah, we pretty much played for like three and a half hours this afternoon. All I'd gone to the grocery store and come back, and we were like, oh, we probably ought to quit because we got to go to the birthday party here soon. But um, <laughs> thoroughly enjoying it. I still can't get past the minimalist of it, the minimalist, minimalistic nature of it, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So, And it's – I it looks – watching Caitlin play, it looks so com- – and watching Stampy Longos – play it it looked so complicated and i thought oh, i'd never be able to figure this thing out once you sit down and start playing it, it really just can't you really i would think it's a gradual it. process of you really catch on quick so um so anyway we're having not, a lot it, of fun it, it, we've, the, we've the built a little nature of it is very much like the look of it it's very minimalist yeah. you just kind of go and you do stuff and i think what hooks people is <clears throat> i don't want to say that there's no challenge to it. I mean, because I've certainly died There's in my... There's a challenge because we have to get home before nightfall. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've certainly died <laughs> in my own creepers. We've only died twice, but we've... Actually, well, I think Nothing is more once, frustrating though. than when you get blowed up and you lost all your stuff oh, and you have to you respawn have to back at the bed <laughs> and it's like, I had the good pickaxe, man. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> run and get it. We wait yeah, well, yeah, until the next day and go find it. And you know, sometimes the stuff Sometimes there, it's sometimes there, sometimes it's not. Luckily, we've been killed near each other. And so, or Caitlin will run and grab all my stuff. And then she'll run home with it, and she'll put it all in the chests because we've got chests all over our house that we're storing <laughs> stuff in. And then I'll come back. And in fact, we've decided to set it up where we each have a chest. And if you lose your stuff, the one person just takes it, puts it in their chest, so you just can go in there and pick out the stuff that you needed out of there, out of that you had. But that's a good way to do it. And if you lose your experience, too, it's fine. Sucks, yeah, but, you do. But, but yeah, no, I think what fun. I think what works about it is that that kind of minimalistic. It, it keeps you just mentally active enough that you're enjoying it but at the same time I, th- I think it's very calming yeah i think it's a very re- this is weird i think it's a very relaxing game and it's it really nice is. to be able to come home Until from work or something next to you and <laughs> unwind oh my gosh and just you know mindlessly do minecraft stuff mm-hmm. until a creeper shows up and right. blows up or something See, i think that's why i'm not that intrigued by it because i tend to get bored very quickly with mindless games <sighs> It's what level just are you on in Doctor Who? It's just above Do what? the... What level are you on in Doctor Who? See, that's Who? why I'm not as far as you guys. It's just, <laughs> it's just above, above mindless, though. You're doing enough things that it keeps you entertained, and there's enough a variety. So I think what he's saying is it doesn't take a lot of brain power to, yeah. to indulge yourself in it, but you're doing enough stuff, and there's enough variety that it keeps your attention. So there's a demo there's this for PlayStation I'm, now that we have it, too. I might download it. Yeah. Welcome to the 21st Century PlayStation Network. You got Minecraft now. <laughs> Woo! Welcome yeah. to the 21st century of a game that probably should have come out in the 1990s, <laughs> but okay. I was proud of my network that we did not have Minecraft. <laughs> we weren't going to sell out to the people, uh, and then we huge. did. We're all sheep. <laughs> and there are sheep in the game, too, so, which we have all rounded up in a Can nice Can you scare them game. and shake them, and they fall over? No. no uh-huh. 
You, um, That's a goat. You found sheep a saddle yet? Sheep will do that? Oh, sheep fall so. over for something. <laughs> have I what? Have you found a saddle yet? I have not found a saddle. Can you a, ride the sheep? You can't ride the sheep, oh. but you can uh, ride pigs. Oh, fine. And there's an achievement. That's like a Lego game. <laughs> there's an achievement for saddling a pig and riding it off a cliff to its death. Oh, wow. <laughs> When the pig hits the ground, it turns into pork chops. I kid you not. It just goes <laughs> and breaks apart. Well, that there's, makes sense. There's because food. There's <laughs> raw meat if you kill a cow, so yeah. it makes sense that there would be pork chops. With See, yeah, Lego games are just barely on the brink of. I get bored with them. Oh well, this is just I think time. just a little, little notch lower than the Lego. See, yeah, games. that's what I would. That's what I'm worried about. The thing is, though, the Lego games because they're so goal, they're goal oriented. I, I, I can go through the levels, but then wandering around That's and trying to it. find it's other stuff. It's the wandering and forward. they're goal oriented. And you're trying to find all this stuff. The thing with Minecraft is, you literally will go over and say, "I needed wood," so I went over and I was finding wood so that I could craft stuff on my craft table because there was things that I I needed. So I'm over doing you know, mining my wood, cutting down trees, get my. And then I saw a cave, and I went, oh, and what's in here? And I went into this cave, and then I found a chest. and then I So, like, an hour and a half later, after I was supposed to have made wood, no, I didn't, <laughs> because I got so distracted and was finding stuff and, and doing other things and exploring caves that then I went back, and I, I went to the house, and I went, what was I doing? And then I realized, oh, I didn't go out and get enough wood for, <laughs> for what I was supposed to be doing here. So then I went out and got my wood. Yeah. But anyway, the, the cool thing is with for the tutorial, we've and it's probably like this for uh, anybody that starts a new game, is you've got this little like cordoned off area that's naturally barricaded off from anything, and so there's a little pond in there, and so I mean we've set up a farm, we've built our house, we've got a little pond, we've got crops next to the pond so that we can irrigate from it, we've got all this like. Livestock that was wandering around, we've pinned them up. I mean, we've got this whole life. Before you even go up the stairs, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And before you even go up these stairs into this castle and start exploring the land, which is uh, the amazing thing about it, we finally decided we got tired of walking the stairs and going around our little commune that we decided we just chopped a hole in the side of this like gully <laughs> so we could walk out the back because that's where made all the wood hole. is. Yeah, we just made a hole through. I made a trench, basically, is what we did. So we could get to the wood that was on the other side that we were continually walking all the way around to get. And Holly said, we, or Holly, uh, Caitlin said, we need a door. And so we'll make a door. Now we've got a path. But now things will get in here. Well, things are going to spawn in here anyway. Now you can put a door on the path. Well, that's true. I had none of that. Let's just build a door and put some doors there. Just build a door there. Boom. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. And I've spent or or way fill it back up with dirt time. when you come home at night. <laughs> 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 and I break this back in. <laughs> what'd you guys do this week? Sean, what'd you do? Uh, well, I worked a lot. And uh, <laughs> kind of the standard thing. But you um, didn't go to school. <laughs> I did not go to school. So I did, and I finished the internship. Yay! Yay! So all the videos are done, uh, except for one, which was on the lost hard drive. But I told her that. You know, all the videos that I can do are done, and if data recovery happens to come back and say we saved your data, I'll throw that one in and say, yeah, here's another video okay. for you. But my my official status is done, and I finished it before schedule, despite oh, everything. Because I, I, I we initially had said before deadline, before nice. deadline. So right. under budget and, and, and on time. It's <laughs> <laughs> always a good feeling. It was a good feeling uh, to have that done, and um, we had a nice little. Uh, she invited us out for dinner, and that kind of land at some some things that they want to do for 2014 and she kind of was fishing I think for people who wanted to do some additional <laughs> stuff for that and 
she asked us, she says, well, what kind of, we want to do a calendar. So we want to take photos at all these events and then put all those photos into a calendar at the end of the year. What kind of photos would we need to take? And I looked at Jerry and I looked back at Chris and I said, good ones. <laughs> <laughs> a video. We're not really the, but I know a photographer. Let me give you the <laughs> so I love Chris dearly. I, you know, but yeah, it was just kind of like, uh, I'm done, lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do this again. Um, and then, um, strangely, we, I mean, we've been slammed at work. I've put in a lot of extra hours at work this week just because I think my, my own personal opinion is that everybody overextended themselves over Christmas and realized now that the bill is due that they've got to come up with a way so they're selling everything they own. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just been nuts. Well, not that, not to mention people get stuff that they replace stuff with, too. At yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of people bring in their old stuff. You know, if they've got a Xbox One, they'll bring in their Xbox 360 games because they're kind of worthless now. And yeah. We had one guy brought in. He had, a, he had an Xbox 360, an Xbox, and a PlayStation 3. Sold all of them. Well, that guy's getting married. That's sold sold all of them and bought an Xbox One. It's like, ah. okay. Um, but, yeah, so it's just been really busy at work. But then um, I still managed to get in, and we watched. Um, we went and saw The Hobbit. I don't know if we talked about that last week or not, but I think we did. Yeah. And then we watched Red 2. Which is thoroughly enjoyable. I yeah, really, really it was that totally one. totally undersold. I can't believe it did so poorly. It, yeah. it was it was quite enjoyable. I, I liked it as much as the first one, I think. And I really like the fact that I can't pronounce his name, but uh, Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. The guy that plays Storm Shadow in GI Joe. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more the, the, the Asian the, guy, the, the Korean plays, uh, uh, hitman. Remember, yeah, I haven't yeah, yeah. watched GI Joe. Hold on. Oh, you haven't. Well, there you Either go. One I don't one even know anything else. He, the only thing I know him in is GI yeah, Joe. Yeah, so. it's like I like him a lot. I kind yeah. of want him to be in more stuff that I can go watch now. I'm gonna have to look him up. But he was kind of the Keith Urban part of not Keith Kevin Urban. No Keith. No Keith. 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 Keith Urban. It's the singer. Okay, Kevin Urban. No. <laughs> no. Carl Urban. Carl, Carl there Urban. we go. I didn't start with a K. <laughs> He's the Carl Urban character Bion in this one. So. Sure. And and uh, Neil McDonald's in it, which is always a... Him? Yeah, him. That's him. I always like Neil McDonald whenever he shows up in things. And then uh, we also watched... Uh, a strange part. That just was a weird... Like, yeah, well, it's almost like they couldn't like decide. Quasi bad guy. Yeah, because yeah, he starts off as a quasi bad guy, and then he kind of when he first shows up, he's he's pretty nuts because mm -hmm. uh, he's he's very much enjoying the idea of torture and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But then they kind of backed away from that, and then he's drinking wine in the guy's house, and he's crazy again. And yeah. then they kind of backed away from it, and it's like, wow, you're kind of psycho. Yeah, it was just. <laughs> but he was in, but the whole thing was enjoyable, and then we watched. Um, I don't know if I can say this one. Kick ass too. Sure. <laughs> can I say that? Yeah. We watched that. Um, I, the jury's still out on that one. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I I enjoyed the first one, but felt bad for liking it. So there's a whole weird dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed this one, but kind of for the same things. It's like uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be enjoying this as much as I am. Right. So right. It definitely appealed to the uh, the lower base primal. <laughs> Part of my brain. Oh, violence. Okay, good. Let's go with that. <laughs> and then oh, oh, oh. we got all the Christmas stuff taken down. Uh, oh, but you guys did watch another Christmas movie. We did? What did we watch? you returned it to me. Oh, yeah, we watched Love, actually. Ah, what'd you think? 
Where has this movie been for the last ten you years? You liked of my it. Life? I loved oh, it. Oh good. my god, we good, enjoyed good, good. it. I was so, so I, much. I just knew that I, uh, Sean's going to not like this movie. No, we. I sat down and we started watching it, and just from frame one, we fell in love with this thing, and it got better and better yeah. and better and better as it went along. And uh, and of course, you know, I kind of sort of had an inkling of who all was in it because uh-huh. these are all names right. now. They are. They may not have been yeah, ten years ago, but. And so every time uh, somebody showed up, a good on chunk it, of them were. Some though. of them were. Some of them were on their way out, like Hugh Grant. And yeah. <laughs> but every time well, somebody like showed Lincoln up, was nobody. Yeah. Oh, Martin Freeman. Martin wasn't Freeman was yeah, anybody. At that point. I mean, he had done The Office at that the point. The Office, and, and I think Hitchhiker's Guide came out around that time too. It's almost Maybe. ten years old. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I guess I was in Hollywood when that came out. <laughs> but uh, with every new person that came on screen, I was like, Oh my God, it's so and so. And of course, she's referring to him as, Hey, look, there's Bilbo. Hey, look, there's you know <laughs> Bill Nye. She knows because she loves Bill Nye. Right, but he right. showed up right there at the beginning and. I just, uh, we, we could not have enjoyed this movie more. And we started watching some of the deleted scenes. And, I mean, the guy had like 40-some-odd minutes yeah. of deleted scenes. Yeah, in. yeah. And with just the first one where um, <laughs> Liam Neeson goes to look up Claudia oh, Schiffer. And he gets this spam all porn. kinds of spam porn on his computer. <laughs> and he goes into the room because the dad comes in and he's like, Father-in-law oh, uh, comes uh, in. <laughs> So he goes in and offers the kid 50 bucks if he'll shut up and just take the blame for whatever he's got throw at him right now. And the kid looks at him and goes, I'd rather make 100 All right. I loved that, that <laughs> scene, but it was far too long. Well, that's and just I'm glad it. I, that they cut I, it. I, I, we laughed through that, and then I looked at Mel and I turned it off. She goes, you want to watch any more? It's like, no, I'm good. I, <laughs> as, as enjoyable as the deleted stuff is, I, I, I don't want to ruin the rest of the movie with what might have been in it. Yeah. I, that scene in and of itself was phenomenal. But it just, I, I think they struck really just the right balance. The only person I th- honestly felt was slighted was uh, Colin, the guy who goes to America. Colin Firth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, but no, because. He was yeah, kind of the most annoying character out of all of them anyway. But also, so. that's the one that you, uh, I don't know about you, but as I'm watching this, that's the storyline that I'm going, oh my gosh, this is going to end so poorly for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And it's the one that just, it's it's really the furthest out there yeah. storyline. And it just, it completely goes the way that you want it to go. And it's like, you just knew that was going to be the tragic story I'm I'm British, I'm going to go to America and find beautiful women to fawn all over me Yeah, right. I'm just going to walk into a bar and it's going to happen and then where does it go? Wisconsin (laughs) no offense Holly but (laughs) we're going to Wisconsin to pick up chicks in a bar Dude, it's cold in Wisconsin. You were totally, and then he shows up and he walks in, and it all he works picks out. Up a girl, and then he picks up another one. And he picks up another one. And I was like, "Wow, okay, that's that's." Exciting. So, yeah, no, we we. My we favorite really, storyline really, really is Colin Firth's storyline. I still that's absolutely love that storyline. That is the best. The second best is Liam Neeson and the kid. But I liked all of them. I really. Yeah. I, I, there were so many... Lots of Doctor Who connections. Too. Lots of Doctor yeah. Who connections now. <laughs> in that one. Even more so. It's two, two doctors and several people that have been in the show. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it is it is an amazing movie. I can't believe that we waited that long to watch it. So, it was really, 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 really good. So, we finished Christmas on a high note. <laughs> I'm putting all the movies back on the shelf because I'm done now. I don't need to watch anything else this year. Um... But yeah, so we, we just we kind of did a lot of stuff. I got my guitar. I'm all excited about that, and I'm a tuned and ready to play. Tuned and ready to play. Although I actually have two guitars because <laughs> I, I got the one on Amazon, and they shipped it, and it's pretty. Oh, it's so pretty. If I was a girl, I would totally just keep this guitar because oh, it's is pretty. It pink? 
No, it's blue. Oh. But it's, it's, it's kind of the, the, the. It's just it's it's a blue electric guitar, but it's that cool blue. You got it's Tardis blue. You really got it cool. And um, then Mike at work was like, "Are you still looking for a guitar?" And I was like, "Well, I just bought one." He goes, "Oh, I was going to sell you mine." I was like, "Oh, well, what do you got?" And he says, "Well, I've got an Epiphone." He says, I was going to sell it for, for you at 50 bucks. I was like, ooh, that's cheaper than the one that I bought online. So I borrowed his, and his sounds so much better than the one yeah. that I bought. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, because it's just a cheap little starter, right, you know, right. yeah. starter guitar. And his has got this amazing tonal quality, and the amp's much better and, and all kinds of stuff. You're going to do 50 for the amp and the guitar? Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's like that's so, a deal. Yeah, so you're I, sending the, I think I'm going to send the other one back. As pretty as it is. How much is it going to cost to send it back? Though? I don't you know. have to pay shipping on it? Uh, twenty bucks, I think maybe. Oh, but okay, well, that's not too bad. It's either that or I keep both of them. Because if you were to go sell the other one at a pawn shop, you probably wouldn't get much. Twenty five, maybe thirty for both. Yeah, at a pawn shop. Yeah, I don't know. Thirty dollars for the set. <laughs> <laughs> for when Mason wants to learn how to play right, exactly. <laughs> Is anybody looking for a guitar? Because I've got this great starter. I mean, like I said, it's just. A, if, if I didn't know anything about guitars, I'd be pleased as punch with this thing because it's just it's a really really. And had you have not gotten the other one, yeah, it's just right. a, it's just a really really nice starter guitar. But I know a little bit about guitars, which makes me just enough to be dangerous. And his is even though it's you know it's got some miles on it, and he's got skateboard stickers all over the front of it. But it doesn't matter because it sounds so yeah. much better <laughs> than the other one does. So I'm I'm hoping. Um, that uh, with my newfound prowess, once I get the calluses really built up on my fingers, that I will come in and serenade all of you with the Doctor Who thing. <laughs> but I, I haven't quite got there yet. I can play bump, 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 but not quite in the right tempo. So That was my week. What did you do, Keith? I uh, didn't do a whole lot. Worked a couple of day shifts during the week, so that kind of throws things off. Uh, went and saw The Hobbit, though, on Saturday. What did you think? Phenomenal. Smaug was amazing. Yes. He had the best part of the whole movie. Yes. And we went to the high frame rate 3D. I liked it. I think the high frame rate is the way they need to film 3D. 3D has always felt fake to me, like CG'd. Uh-huh. It felt natural with this. Wow. And my only complaint with the high frame rate is because of it, I think some of the action was kind of blurred. So, like, it's very, oh, well, that was over. It was very fast-paced, <laughs> and if you blink during the action scene, you're going to miss something. Like, that, like, like, the, like the river like scene the river with scene. the barrel that's going back. there's just so much of it's, whoa. It's hard to keep, tra- uh, for me, it's hard to keep track, especially because I think it's it's closer to real speed. They didn't uh-huh. slow it down at right, all. So right. whatever would be actual speed in a normal film, this is a little bit faster than that. So, But other than that, phenomenal. Could you I, imagine Darth Maul in high frame rate? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's redeem Phantom Menace here. <laughs> I, uh, a lot of people had said they felt like they shoehorned a lot of Lord of the Rings set up in this. I didn't think so. No more. I thought there was more in the first one. Certainly this more one. in the first one. Yeah, I thought it was very minimal in this. Really, it didn't feel as heavy-handed, at least. Aside from what Gandalf's going off to do, that's the only thing, really. Well, and that's the part that I can't remember. From the book is, is all the. Well, I remember he disappears. I, I remember he disappears. He just disappears at one point, and I mean, maybe you remember. Or did I talk about this last week? Too? No, and I can't. I, I tell you, said that I had forgotten that he left for a while. Yeah, book. he left. Well, in in the movie, he leaves to go check on um, the necromancer. The necromancer, right? And they make a very, in my mind, 
clear, valid well, that all kind of reason. culminates later in the well, in the book well, too. Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, maybe I kind of do remember that. Well, it, it, but it, I don't it, remember them making that connection of who the necromancer is in the book. Uh, that's 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 of just course, it. I could have it could have. <laughs> I read the book, never read Lord of the Rings, and it was before the movies came out. So they could have made that connection. I could have been like, okay. See, I, I don't know who this bloke is. <laughs> yeah, I read all the books, but I, I don't remember that connection being there. But going back and seeing them now, it's like, yeah, that totally makes a lot more sense that that's how that would have worked out. So I, I, ugh, I really kind of need to go back and reread it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to. I'm also tempted to, uh, before we see the third one, go back and rewatch the first two. Watch the third one and then go on and rewatch the yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. That'd be the perfect place do to it. do it. I've never seen the extended editions. I don't know if I want to commit oh, that kind so of time. Good. Maybe over several nights. Yeah, you'd, you couldn't do it in a... It'd take a fortnight. <laughs> Other than that, I've been watching a little bit of West Wing. Uh, rewatched Star Trek in the Darkness. Any better the second time? I enjoyed it. I, of course, I enjoyed it the first time. I, I think where I, where I come down on it now is... It's a good sequel for a rebooted universe. See, that's where I don't like it. <laughs> it works as a continuation from going off into the left field as opposed to the regular universe being in the right. Yeah, but... You, you, there are issues with it, but... <laughs> the whole point of rebooting the universe, your rebooted universe, is that you don't have to do everything that happened over here. And the very first thing they do is something that happened well, over, over here. here it's, yeah. uh, you could have done... There's any, still issues You with had it wide open. You could have done it's anything. Still, but it's still an enjoyable ride to watch. It's a great action flick. Yeah. <laughs> when but, 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 my mom's driveway. Benedict today. Cumberbatch no, is far better in The Hobbit than he oh, was in the You know, I, there were moments that I couldn't tell it was Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Quite a few as moments. As soon as he opened his mouth. I mean, I could hear him, and then I'd be. <laughs> He's got such a great voice he for Smile. Oh, oh, I'm excited to see it. I just don't know when I will. That's not my favorite so design, dragon design. Oh, yeah. I think. I think previously it was Dragonheart. Spyro. It's good design. Pretty close. Yeah, good design. <laughs> Spyro. <laughs> hey, Spyro's a classic design. Yeah, okay. <laughs> toothless. You know. um, no, tooth, le- tooth, toothless was a good one. Speaking of it's a unique design. shoveling driveway, for the listeners who don't know, we're getting, we got hit with a couple snowstorms here, which <laughs> weren't as near as bad as they're getting up in the New England states. Yeah. Um, we were at however, and then came and out and started Midwest. snowing a little bit, and then we went to the movie, and we're like, oh, hopefully it'll stop. Oh, wow, we got did. a lot more yesterday than we expected, <laughs> I think. I wasn't expecting overnight. any, so... Well, they were early in the morning, they were calling for it, saying, yeah, I think we're, it's going to hit us. And then by noon, they were going, I think we're going to get this four inches. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're, we're also dealing with snow here, but now we're dealing with this Arctic blast that's yeah. coming down for us, and we're talking dangerous wind chills tomorrow. Yeah. Like, they're talking 50 below as far as wind chills, which has prompted a lot of our schools to close, including 501. Yeah. So. My kids are happy to have one extra really? day off. closed. One extra day because off of now tomorrow. Of for I don't have to take Billy to school in the morning. You don't have to take <laughs> Billy to school in the morning. <laughs> one is closed tomorrow. I'm glad so. I told you. Yeah, oh, why? I, oh, <laughs> oh, anger. The concern there I mean, is I still have to go to work in the morning, but the concern there is that kids will be waiting at bus stops in yeah. 50 yeah. degree below wind chill, and possibly some of them walking to school, and the school doesn't. Which really, it was cold that, today, so. but I don't think it was too it's bad, bad in the afternoon. Oh it's, gosh, it's, it's bad, bad now. Well, it's like bad that's now. the worst of it was starting tonight into yeah. tomorrow, and I think it's supposed to let up by like noon tomorrow or something like that, or we're out of our free our warning. 
So tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> anyway, that's where we're going. going. Yeah. <laughs> well, they <laughs> negative fifty. We're getting negative seventy five yeah, tomorrow because they're part of us. There, yeah. Call us when it gets cold. Michelle uh, Holly, if she's in Wisconsin, yeah. she's getting a piece of this Arctic blast that's coming down too. So if you're if you live in Utah or Colorado, <laughs> guys, you ought to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's my, not quite going to. It's probably cold there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to undersell the, the cold, but you're not getting this little clip of Arctic air we're getting. Be lucky with that. I took over. Rachel should probably get a little bit, but I think it's oh, going to yeah, dip over to Minneapolis. So anyway, what, you all what, know it's what prompted me dry, uh, shoveling my mom's driveway is we went over there to drop off season three of Doctor <laughs> Who, but she's up at that point now. Oh really? Yeah. And um, season three or series three. Series three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to sure to go back and rewatch some of the old ones when oh, she gets done. Yeah. Um, you're not your watch, mom or a fan show. Yeah, there you go. It's. She texted me after we were in the movie when she finished Doomsday. Oh. <laughs> and she she texted me. Her her uh, text was Ack. <laughs> when I talked to her today, she was like, "I really hate those Daleks." <laughs> but it's interesting is she rather enjoyed um, Fear Her. Really? Oh, what? Huh. And she rather enjoyed uh, what's the other bad one? Idiot's Lantern. <laughs> so, how did she, she feel about? Oh, good. They're made for somebody. She. Uh, <laughs> it's not for you. Well, it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I had a pulling my hair out moment with her because the disc wouldn't would during Love of Monsters it would just start over for some reason. And so she she texted me and said, Well I just moved on. I'm on at the finale now. What? <laughs> I thought she had skipped Love and Monsters and, and went fear, on to the and finale. fear her. I but see. she did watch Fear Her I before see. that. Okay. So uh, she, she hasn't she, seen all of Love and Monsters. She did go back and rewatch it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I warned her. It's a you're lo- you're really lucky. That's like the one instance where that wouldn't have hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the only time you can do that. Right. Um, With so Doctor Light, it's a good story. Yeah, and I explained that situation to her of why it was Doctor Light, and then how we, we get that later too. Good. Um, she thought the scribble monster because I told her, well, you're pretty much good to go for the rest of the series. Because that's Fear Her is considered one of the worst episodes. Yeah, until the very end of series uh, four. Well, <laughs> no, it's still. I don't, I'm sorry, Fear Her is still worse than I don't know. Journeys in or no, end of time. End is what of I'm time. talking about. Well, that's the specials. That's not really short. <laughs> oh, that's it's, what I mean. It's still, it depends it's still on who you below. talk to. There's, there's some people that are like, oh, this is the most recent Christmas special is the worst episode ever made. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And she thought the scribble monster was inventive. Inventive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, it's inventive. <laughs> I like the perspective. So maybe we'll have to have her come on, and I'm interested to see what she thinks of Donna and uh, then Martha. Yeah. Because she'll get a taste of Donna next, then yeah. Evan and Martha, and then she'll get she uh, uh, from the preview. She didn't sound impressed. <laughs> Oh, is that right? Oh, well, <laughs> but you're not. I don't think anybody was. No, no, you're not. You're not ready for that at all. Especially coming off the heels of Doomsday. It's true. So I'm turning her t- into quite a hoobie, and she did cry at Doomsday. She said. So. Along with Ack. 
<laughs> Bring season three. What else did you do? Anything else? Uh, I think uh, Sherlock's back, but uh, hopped a plane to watch that. <coughs> and it's really good. Caught the red eye. Yes. Did you, did you watch the last one yet? I'm, I'm almost there. i got one more left. <laughs> Hopefully if we get out of here early tonight, I'll do it tonight since I don't have to take kids there early in the morning. So. And then I'm it's, sure as soon as I finish it, I will be trying to get a hold of the first one for the series. Well, three. as I uh, handed out my DVR copy to everyone else, <laughs> I mean, took others with me on the airplane. Yeah, right. right. I don't think that the yeah, answer about it. It's been all right. Well, in that case, let's move on to news. First up, Sean has some news about area conventions. Well, as you all know, we're big fans of Planet Comic Con in Kansas City here because, well, they like us and invited us last year and again this year. Uh, And apparently we're in good company. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let him fool you because you have to be not... uh, This isn't a Doctor Who guest. I'll warn everybody right now. This is not a Doctor Who guest. But it's pretty big. (laughs) More more than pretty big. The Shat is coming to Kansas City. Bill. (laughs) The glee in your voice. Uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, he's been to Kansas City before. Um, is, this a, is this your first time meeting him? Will this be your first time meeting him? Meeting, yes. I've seen him before. You don't remember that story? No, no, no I do. I just, I just thought of something. What? I'm going to have Shatner sign my... Uh, uh, oh, that. Album? Has been? Oh, that's what Sarah's banning about. What was that Doctor Who uh, <laughs> crossover? Uh, what the heck was that? Oh, called? the comic. Yeah, the the, but the one where they go back with the fourth Doctor and do the assimilation. Yeah, assimilation. Oh, assimilation that's what it is. Yeah, kind of cool. I haven't signed that. It'll be Doctor Who related. So <laughs> 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 we look at that. Go and go, on, oh, okay. Well, then we can get a bumper from. You can it, tell too. your story. Yeah. No, no. I just I, I'm you know whether you know him as Captain James T. Kirk or Denny Crane or T.J. Hooker or Rescue Nine One One guy. Doesn't matter. The Shat is coming to Kansas City, and I know Chrissy's all like, "That's old news," because we had him in Salt Lake, and it's like, "Well, on you," because <laughs> <laughs> now we get him. Now we get him. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty jazzed about that. Yeah, that's exciting. It's gonna make Sunday massive. Sunday only. Sunday that, that's only. That's an important designation. I told so, Holly. I said, "Oh, well, I guess I will be spending more money than I thought this year." <laughs> <laughs> Super awesome. Then we're gonna be Most, waiting in line for a long yeah. time on that one. So. I wonder if, the, if they'll actually get him to do any panels because he'll have. Oh, I imagine. Because it'll yeah. be such a long line. I wonder if he'll be signing autographs, quite honestly. You wonder Maybe if he will? will? I wonder if he will. Because I, I, he didn't at the convention that he was at previously. Well, he did it in Salt Lake. So. And it was massive. <laughs> yeah, because. But was he there I, all three days, though, too? No, I think he was only there I think one. It was one day. Was it, was, one day? it was Saturday there, I think. Because she called it Shatterday. Shatterday. <laughs> Shatterday. It's All right. Five. Exciting stuff. Were there any other announcements that I think they kind of left There's that a to be? a whole slew of comic artists. Uh, yeah, but I think they left the big artists, media guests alone this time so that they could just... There was one media guest, but not a big one. Who was it? Uh, Zoe Palmer from Lost Girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. I did see that. All right. Well, that's exciting news for us or anybody in the area that listens to us. Yeah. So. And Kansas City Crypticon's getting a little bigger, too. They added uh, Herschel from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, I did see that, too. So they're getting some traction, also. They are. Well, there is very little Who news. It's One not bit. on yet. <laughs> Still not on. One bit 
Gareth Roberts is confirmed for Series 8. Um, he gave an interview for Quench, uh, student Quench? Cardiff Student Lifestyle Magazine. And he, re- he report- it reports that he says, currently working on a new Peter Capaldi episode for Doctor Who Series 8. Hey, you like Gareth. All except for that one you didn't like. He liked all of them. He just didn't like the wasp part of yeah. one of them. That was he the didn't. Clara episode. Yeah. What? No, Unicorn, Unicorn and the wasp. wasp. He said he likes Clara. You like Gareth. He said Gareth. 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 Said Gareth. <laughs> I like Clara too, but I, I like Gareth. I'm sorry, I have a little shat in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said, yeah, I like Clara. No. And you were like, except for that Gareth. one, and I'm like, Gareth. I like Gareth. No, he likes all of them. <laughs> uh, he's joining, confirmed so far, Moffat, Gatiss, and Neil Cross. Wait, Moffat's going to write an episode? <laughs> Moffat's going to write an episode. <laughs> Do you guys think Moffat will write an episode this season? I don't know. I better write more than one. <laughs> Keith said this last week, and it totally went over my head, and I didn't even think about this, but it's actually really a good thing, even though I'm jonesing for Doctor Who already and wanting to see... Peter Capaldi, but Keith pointed this out last week, and I totally missed it till I was listening back for to edit. I can't wait to hear what I said. It, well, it's it's you're <laughs> you were grateful good. for having the eight month mourning period. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. that's good for all fans, especially it, it, the people that that maybe were a little cold on Capaldi coming in anyway, because it will give us time to get over Matt and have gotten to enjoy Matt Smith, and I think that will be better for Peter Capaldi coming on board uh, in his first, yeah. you know. Series proper uh, in eight months from now because we the, the 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 sadness will have kind of waned a bit and 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 <coughs> we'll be able to get over it a little more and and I think that'll give him a better running start. So I, I wanted to point that. out that, that yeah, yes. I, 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 we should have talked about that last week and I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot. I did say that. Hadn't, hadn't even, it hadn't even occurred to me, but that's actually a good thing. So when we're bemusing the fact that. Uh, who isn't coming back for another eight months? Let's just keep in mind that there is a silver lining there. <laughs> yes. That's it for news. All right. Well, let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Holly. Holly writes, Sweetie, I shrunk the TARDIS. <laughs> hey, guys. Great last podcast. Keith, congratulations on your promotion to Whovian. Thank you very much. Hope everyone had a great start to their new year. Planet of the Giants. I have to say this was a very enjoyable story for with Team TARDIS at first not knowing exactly what is going on. All the way, all that they know is that they have landed and they are safe. That is until they realize they've been trunk and don't really know the reason why. The cliffhanger with the cat at the end of part one to the beginning of part two had me saying, nice kitty, to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> nice kitty. <laughs> Barbara being a trooper and not telling Ian and the others that she was infected with the insecticide and wanting to get to the bottom of what was going on, ramped up the drama. Mm. The giant size... <laughs> and boy, did you miss out on some great side commentary. <laughs> we'll get into that. But <laughs> the giant size sets were fantastic. A big hand for the Doctor was pretty interesting. I was rather surprised that the Doctor had lost a hand and, and hadn't made a deal for someone with a mechanical hand. I could hear Hartnell's voice in my head, mine saying the dialogue when I was reading. We find out that the first doctor doesn't like Marmites. I do have to admit, <laughs> he's got good taste. I do have to admit, 
I was a little surprised at how many pop culture references that the first Doctor made in this story. I haven't seen too many Hartnell episodes, but it just doesn't seem like the first Doctor would do that. The ending was rather interesting with the man who had seen some of the things that went on, went in the sky, that went on in the sky to give him the idea to write the novel Peter Pan. And for it being the first book in the series, it was a good start. I've read all 11 ebooks, and the good thing is that this time there's no underlying plot or theme that runs through the whole series. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. I'm glad to know that in advance, too, so I'm not trying to look for things that aren't there. <laughs> Just enjoy them for what they are. Yep. Up next, Lisa. Lisa writes... Uh, notes on the name of the doctor. Notes on the time of the doctor. Pardon me. <clears throat> Clara seems useless outside of saving the doctor. She can't cook a turkey. Can't say to her family, "I need more time." She uses the TARDIS when she's late or missed something on TV. Seriously, <laughs> she can't work iPlayer. Yet she has magically become what did she say? An English teacher and that other family with kids. Long gone, I guess. Oh well, didn't think much of them anyway. Well, wait a minute. The, uh, uh, well, the kids, yeah, long gone. But she can work the iPlayer now, though, because, uh, well, she could. They, they made that point. but the, the, They made that joke. They but. did make that joke. But the thing is, remember when she got uh, downloaded and then he interrupted the process and Bells of St. John's, suddenly she was she could think, she could she she do about Twitter and all sense. that stuff. That should have all came back. She didn't lose it again. Maybe they redesigned it. Although she did get downloaded again, I guess, and then the doctor had to have her re Everybody. Maybe, maybe it blanked it. Maybe. Okay, anyway. Oh, she doesn't remember her time inside the timeline either, apparently. That's so. true, yeah. Well, but she remembered Tenant. She remembered the suit. And she remembered Grumpy. Because so you forgot Captain Grumpy, right? And then yeah. she did, so. Her dad is now a dud? What? He's now involved with Miss You Have to Have a New Boyfriend ASAP, <laughs> and I Know Young Men You Should Choose From. <laughs> Okay, really, seriously, 1971 is calling. It wants Jane Brady back. (laughs) (laughs) How, and more importantly, why would you accidentally make up a boyfriend in Britain in the 21st century? They wait to get married and start a family over there. (laughs) Okay, enough of being totally taken out of the program by this step backwards in time, but not really a step back in time. For the most part, I liked it. Listening to it on my iPod has allowed me to focus on the dialogue and appreciate all that was done in the episode. I hear the sound is amazing in 5.1 Surround. More for those who have. One of the many things I got from this episode is the confirmation in my mind that my notion of the Time Lords of Gallifrey are hoarding their regenerations. Unlike the Doctor, who has, after living a long and probably boring five, six, seven hundred years on Gallifrey, steals a time capsule and goes out into the universe burning through regenerations as he attempts to find victory in saving others. It's the fact is, when he, he's in a standoff, neither winning nor dying and regenerating, that time takes a physical toll on him that has let me to, that has let me to be rather self-satisfied with an idea I told myself a long time ago in answer to the question. Why did the Doctor start traveling, and why were the Time Lords in Gallifrey always so boring? Well, because they wanted to live as long as possible in each regeneration and were not like the Doctor, who stole, I mean borrowed, a time capsule, and ventured forth in the full knowledge that he would have longer lives if he'd just stayed home. Yeah, I think that's certainly true. But more boring. 
I like the symmetry of he and Hartnell being old and worn out when they regenerate. Matt Smith's doctor, knowing he's the last regeneration of the doctor, finds friends with which run away and have a second youth with before he goes on to the death he has chosen versus the death the Daleks want to force upon him. I really like that. For whatever reason, it just feels so Matt Smith's doctor. I'm going to choose the time and place of my demise and do what I want before I go. His portrayal of the doctor has been absolutely scalding. So now here we are, old friends, at what appears to be the end of the story and a brand new book being opened. It always seems to surprise me how quickly time goes by. Good times with those so close at the time then become good times with those we are close to now. Funny how it works that way. As difficult it was for Matt and Jenna to film this last episode, I have only now started thinking about how difficult this probably was for Moffat to write. There were so many callbacks to beloved moments of the past. Handles was found in the Mandalorian... Mandalorian... Maldivorian. I cannot say it tonight. <laughs> Maldivorian Market. Dorian was just ahead in a box when he was the doctor's companion in the wedding of River Song. Seeing the weeping angels in the forest and one of them grabbing Clara's leg, reminding us of Amy tripping in the forest with the angels and Forest of the Dead. Tasha Lem's voiceover at the start reminded me of the woman at the start of Asylum of the Daleks. I hadn't thought of that one. Clara's first appearance. Yeah. Who was discussing a man everyone thought died, except for a few who believed he would return one day. And she was one of the Dalek humans with an eye stock, just like Tasha Lem turned out to be. And the drawings of his adventures by the children in Christmas, because these are the stories he has told them, it was all very touching and for the most part subtle. It must not have been easy to write this last story for an actor who is so filled with life, the character, and stories of the Doctor that, Matt, that Moffat has worked on all his fan life. I don't get why at the beginning the TARDIS can't go down to the planet, and 300 years and one Clara clinging on later, it can now come and go. And then again near the end, no tech on the planet except for the Sonic, which the Doctor snuck in before the truce. Huh. That was under the wig or in the TARDIS shrug. It was under the, under the wig or in the TARDIS shrug. I must have missed something there. I think it was in the TARDIS, I what wasn't it? With he was, brought the key so they could bring the TARDIS down. And, and it, was, it was in the TARDIS, and he had it with them. And then when he sent Clara away is when the 300 years started. Well, he was able to sneak the TARDIS down there the first time. And so, therefore, it can come back because he snuck it down there before the truce. So it's the same principle as the Sonic is he, he snuck it in there first, and then it just took 300 years to show up because Clara was on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll buy that I think that's how it works. Clara's ever more short skirts don't flatter her body type. They make her look even more short and dumpy. You don't have to be Nina Garcia to see that. And not one likable pair of shoes on her? <laughs> Frowny face. Eleven had way better boots. Take note, Mr. Capaldi. <laughs> if anyone... if One last anyone else get this. If Clara follows the doctor's clothes on the floor of the TARDIS at the very end... Why is the reset Matt Smith dressed, and why is the newly regenerated Capaldi dressed? Shouldn't they not be naked? Just well, wondering. I, th- I think he, he stripped out of his Christmas garb from yes. the snowman yes. into his purple tail. He was no longer naked. Once he went to the planet, he obviously got clothes yeah. over that. Because Clara has made a line Money of, a time that oh, it's had. nice to have clothes on again. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I he think has, it's more just from the fact that, that there were clothes on the floor, so he changed when he... So he, he just changed back he into a, the, in. the last yeah. sort of yeah. outfit that he had on before he, you know, came it down to Christmas. So it was the original tweed. That would have been even more heartbreaking. Nah, I like the purple. I like the purple. It just would have been more heartbreaking. Happy New Year to everyone traveling the Vortex, especially our host, Lisa. P.S. The one thing I have decided I would like to see now that Mr. Capaldi is the doctor is him with Craig Ferguson as his <laughs> rival for River Song's attention. 
Craig and Peter have a longtime friends, and Craig Ferguson seems to play so well off Alex Kingston whenever she's been on his show. I know River's gone and faded from the Doctor, but, you know, everything being timey-wimey and all. I haven't watched to see, because I think he made a comment about it, Craig Ferguson, when, when it was announced Peter Capaldi, because those guys were in a band together, in a pumpkin they, band they, together. There's a post-interview. Is there? there, there he's been, on, he's been on Craig Ferguson post I, the announcement. I should, I should go back It's, it's on YouTube somewhere. That, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it was a really good interview. Lisa apparently wasn't quite done. She wrote back with another PPS. And forgotten thoughts. She says, well, the doctor didn't say goodbye to the TARDIS. I really thought Matt Smith would say goodbye and he would say he always would remember that this was when they talked. I think it was a missed opportunity, I say. Mm. And we did not find out who gave Clara the phone number to the TARDIS. Moffat seemed to be wrapping up the pond era of Matt Smith's run and Clara is still a companion for the next series, but I doubt the one after that. So there's time to get to it. Anywho, looking forward to hearing you all on the machine. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but I think that's what this ultimately was, 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 was clearing up the things that were set forth in questions of the Ponder, but I had forgotten that we still were unclear on where Clara got the number when she called him in Bells of St. John. In Bells of St. John. Yeah. Maybe she gave it to herself. <laughs> Considering she split herself across the universe, yeah, that's entirely possible. Although, particularly in this time, she wouldn't, because there was already Clara in this time. So, But anyway... But there wouldn't have been a Clara to split herself across the universe if she hadn't gone back and given herself so the phone number. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. Remember a trash can. <laughs> well, thanks for the thoughts, Lisa. Next, oh, next up, Chrissy. Okay, Chrissy writes, "Honey, I shrunk the TARDIS." I think there's a theme going on here. Dear Vortex Boys, let's see. Nope. Don't have anything to chime in from last week, so I'll hop into my reviews other than, have you guys seen Frozen? If you haven't, you totally should. The movie's amazing. I might be just a little obsessed with it. <laughs> haven't seen it, We're but I am it. it. We're living it. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of Giants. I really like this story, even though a lot of what's in this story should make me not like it very much. I think when I very first watched it, it came as such a surprise that I just went along for the ride. That was back when I was first getting into Classic Who, and I tried to watch everything from the beginning. It worked great until I got bogged down in the recon hell. (laughs) The first eight or so stories had this pattern going of an alternating between historical and futuristic sci-fi stories that that it's kind of a shock to suddenly get a story in, at the time, modern-day Earth. But Team TARDIS has shrunk, so... It's a lot like being on an alien planet anyway. Let me just get this out of the way first. The sets are absolutely stunning. Giant matchboxes and earthworms and ants and notepads and sinks. Holy cow, the sink. (laughs) The sink set was probably the best one of the whole thing. I mean, come on. Are we sure the show was made on a shoestring budget? Granted, the, the giant bugs, with the exception of one, don't move at all, uh, which may be may have been why the script called for them all to be dead, but still, it's really amazing that they could pull that off back in 1964. Even more amazing that they decided to go ahead and try something like this at all. Talk about ambition. As for the story, well, it's a little thin. I'll give the critics that, critics that much. This is, a, this is evident in the fact that the story was pared down from four episodes to three, and the third episode being made up of the original Episodes three and edit three and four edited together, and you can kind of tell that the action's a bit more choppy, and some of the characterization is a little off. I don't think that the writer quite knew these characters were what these characters were really like, and Ian's characterization in particular suffers for it, but not too much. 
both he and Barbara still have some really good moments in this. They may just have been oh, uh, that might just have been shipper googles or shipper goggles <laughs> coming out to play. But to the critics of this story, I have to ask, in what other show can you have a cliffhanger of someone pulling the sink plug and feel like there's real peril involved? Seriously, this is a really imaginative and creative story, and I have the highest praise for the production team for putting it together. A big hand for the doctor. I read this one last year, and quite frankly, I hated it. And my reasons why can be summed up by a bit of dialogue that had no business being in a Doctor Who story. If you've ever read, did we ever come down on how we say this, guys? It's Ian. W- Wayne Coffer, isn't it? I thought it was Ian. Okay, we'll go with Ian. I, I thought we, we were way off on the first name. But anyway, Ian Coffer's Artemis Fowl series. The title character is always at odds with a secret organization from the land of fairies whose sole mission is to keep humans from oh, finding right. out it about fairies. Okay, Owen Coffer. They have their own culture and things, which is really great for a fantasy novel. However, one of those very small details finds its way into a big hand, and it left me wondering, why did you do that? At one point, the doctor utters the fairy curse word, Darvit, which is translated from the fairy language, would earn this podcast an explicit rating. (laughs) At least that's what's promised in the Artemis Fowl books. The the one tiny instance is just a symptom of what's wrong with this story. It doesn't feel like a Doctor Who story, and it certainly doesn't feel like a first Doctor story. The Doctor is characterized all wrong. The tone is all wrong. Even the adventure itself feels wrong. Now, this is a perfectly fine story by Owen Coffer. If you enjoy his writing, which generally speaking I do, but it's not a Doctor Who story, and that's my biggest problem with it. It doesn't meld in with the rest of Doctor Who canon. You could argue that Coffer was just used to writing, used to writing his own stories, and couldn't get the tone of Doc, the Doctor Who down. And that may be true. But Neil Gaiman, who's written tons and tons of his own stuff, wrote some faintly decent TV episodes that blended in nicely with the <laughs> material around them. Yeah, yeah, I know that's TV, it, or that TV is different from books, but. The disparity really shouldn't be this bad. And now I feel dumb if everyone comes on this podcast and praises a big hand for the doctor to high heaven. Never feel but dumb for that's my story, country. and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, yes to uh, yes to Planet of the Giants, no to a big hand for the doctor, and Doctor Who is still not on, not until September possibly, but I did finish all the available levels in Doctor Who Legacy. Whoa. Have a nice week, wow. Chrissy. <laughs> Wow. I think you've far surpassed all of us on uh, Doctor Who Legacy. I think I'm a third, maybe halfway through the Series 6. I haven't even Eight levels in the Series 6. I haven't even gotten in the Series (laughs) 6. Well, let's talk a little bit about Doctor Who Legacy, because you said something about the fan thing. But Yeah, I do want to point this out. Um, We're going to clearly put a Doctor Who Legacy review on the schedule. I think we definitely need to do that. We haven't done that by now. (laughs) We are. Well, that's just it. We've been. We have been. We have been. I think we should give it a proper review, I guess I should say, because we have been giving our bits and pieces. Uh, What I did do this week, by the way, is I did unlock the fan area. And. Here's Glenn, coming, have to do here's Glenn coming on the podcast again to say why you should purchase things. <laughs> Damn it! I've played this game long enough for weeks and weeks on end now to know that this is a good game. Now, this is a game that I would have paid five dollars for. The fan area requires a five dollar purchase of 
crystals, at least a five dollar purchase in the U.S. of crystals in order to unlock the fan area. That's how, how they're getting their money. Get uh, six, I believe. So I did that because number one, I'm a fan. Number two, it's such a good game, I would have paid $5 for it. I didn't know that I would have paid $5 for it until I played it, which makes it even better that it's a freemium game, as they call them. Freemium? Freemium. It's a premium, but it's free. There's a, It's free, but there's premium. Premium elements? Yeah, premium okay. elements. So gotcha. it's a freemium game. Like Jurassic Park. And I didn't do this until I... And now this is why I want to talk about this, because I didn't do this until I got online and read about what was in the fan area. Essentially, the fan area is just another set of levels called fan levels. And they range anywhere from easy... To medium to hard, it's simply all they are, and they have things that, and they're out of the TV realm. And in fact, there's only one that has the TV icon that was part of a series. Part of the series, they're all you know conglomerations of things from the series, and they're quite enjoyable levels. There's nothing special of them other than they have time fragments that you can get in there as well. However, you can get what's called Fan Churchill, and I will tell you right now, I unlocked this for, by buying purchasing my six time crystals for five dollars. And I immediately went to the Winston Churchill <coughs> level, played it, and got him immediately. And I was so excited about that that I scrolled on up into, I think it was an upper, medium, or even lower hard level, and played the one that has uh, what's called Fan Ood Sigma. And I played that and beat it and dropped him immediately again. And as I've done this, actually I got two free crystals in the first game that I played on this. So now I've already gotten two crystals back that uh, of the money that I paid to get crystals. So I've got more crystals from that, and then I dropped one more later when I played another level. So I've got three crystals back in addition to the, the six that I bought, obviously. Right. But I'm getting my, I, th- I feel like I'm getting my money's worth by even going into the fan area, even though there's not much more than that. I'll be honest with you, there's probably only about a dozen episodes in there that you can play. However, keep in mind that when you get free apps... These are games that they're wanting to make money off of so that they can make, continue to make them. They can make them better. They can continue to improve them so that your money – remember, your money goes to support um, – what's the company that makes this? I can't remember now. Mindless and – Yeah. No. You're close. It's uh, – Hold oh, on. Now I can't remember. Legal. BBC Worldwide. Blah, 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 blah. Nope. Oh, bummer. Hold on. I'll just reload the game. It pops up in that menu. It does, doesn't it? Why can't I remember this? I was just It's got thinking, a little fez on it, too. Yeah. Oh, what the heck is it? Something mindless games. I think you're right. Well, let's keep tiny, it up. Well, t- tiny Rebel Games. Tiny Rebel Games. The... That's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. So it, it, it enables Tiny Rebel Games to make some money to put out their product and continue to make and improve on this game, which is already a lot of fun and phenomenal for those of us that are addicted to it. So I wanted to go there and say <laughs> that I'm not saying cuz there are people that there are people that get, that get free apps and that's all they get. And I'm fine with that because that's that's okay. What I don't want to hear from people is, well, why would I pay for that? Or, you know, I get I, I only play free apps because like they're entitled to get free apps because yeah. they have a smartphone. I hate that. If all you do is Get free apps because you don't want to pay for apps. That's fine. But don't be some elitist like you deserve every app on your phone yeah. to be free. But anyway, entitlement. if you are just playing with free, continue. Go ahead. Feel free. I just want to point out that any purchases that you make, and I'm not encouraging you to go ahead and buy everything that you can buy in there because I'm you know, i on a budget. I understand those kind of things. But it certainly was worth it to me to, to pay the $5 to get the – because I would have paid $5 for this game if I had known it was this good anyway. So um, that's – I'll get off my soapbox again. But uh, <laughs> there's there's my uh, – this week's Glenn, why you should pay for things. 
part part of the podcast. And if you send us a copy of your receipt, then we'll send you <laughs> no, something. No, 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 no. And for those of you that won our last contest, your content is coming. I promise you, it's in the mail. Oh, you didn't get it delivered. Okay, good. We got it to the mailbox this weekend, so you should be seeing it in the next few days. Those it's the, in the mail. It. Yay! <laughs> That's all I have. We're just like British Rail, love. We may be late, but we get you there. (laughs) That's all I have. Next up, Rachel. Rachel writes... Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rachel. I didn't mean to interrupt the flow of the feedback. No, that's okay. Glenn's right. It worked well because (laughs) she talked talked about about, uh, being done with every level. I can't believe she's done with all the levels. That's awesome, Chrissy. Oh, somebody else who's playing Doctor Who Legacy, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for Hello, you? Vortex Gang. I hope everyone is having a great start to the new year. Sorry I've been silent these past few weeks with Christmas, New Year's, and family time, practically everyone getting sick, and a lot of Doctor Who Legacy. <laughs> well, time seems to have slipped past me. Now we're having a blizzard, and I don't have even have any chocolate digestives to snack on, yeah, as they're all on my desk at work. They're on the counter. They're on the counter. I, for, I realized afterwards that we didn't break them out last week. We did. Oh, we didn't get them last week. It was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. James had one. He was excited by them. They guessed it? Very Yes, please. They haven't gotten stale, have they? I kind of realized now that I should have put them in a bag. You can't have one. You're reading. <laughs> oh. I've got to stamp them. Still no tea. Yeah. I got digestives. You really fail at this podcast <laughs> hosting business. Uh, uh, Sean brought the digestives. <laughs> what are you taking credit for that? I, I hosted them here. <laughs> you, you kept them. I kept <laughs> them. <laughs> I didn't away. eat them all. You really fail at this podcast hosting thing. If you were a server, you'd be down. Yeah, that's what I'm not a server. Hey, somebody got it. <laughs> Grenade one, but it took a minute. (laughs) It's my tech joke for the week. (laughs) Oh, well, at least I still have the internet and plenty of Doctor Who to keep me entertained. Speaking of Doctor Who, Planet of the Giants, I missed Friday Night Who. But I have watched the story previously. What really stood out to me in this story is the set design. Considering how small the budget, how small of a budget they were working with back then, to be able to make sets that were pretty convincing, and making Team Tardis look so tiny in it is an accomplishment that shouldn't be overlooked. I also found it entertaining that due to their size, Team Tardis really didn't have any direct interaction with the protagonists of the story until the end when they make the makeshift bomb with the gas trap. Usually the doctor is right there in the middle of everything. This time he was in the middle of a drain pipe. <laughs> Overall, I think this is one of my favorite Hartnell stories, if for anything else, due to the unique premise. That's all I have for now. Since I'm snowed slash frozen in, I guess I can spend the next few days watching the web for possible set pictures, since who is supposed to be getting filming on Monday. Oh. Until then, everyone stay safe, warm, and dry. Rachel. P.S. Sorry, guys, but I have to say it. Go Colts! Rachel, it's comments like that that'll get you uninvited to Christmas dinner on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys played a heck of a, well, heck of a fourth quarter, I guess, I can allow that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, they, watch the game. Uh, yeah, they, can't, they shouldn't be undersold for the quality of 
game they played when they finally decided to play the game. Yeah, they played a quality fourth quarter. For a while there, Andrew Luck was their best running back. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody that doesn't follow <coughs> football, he's the quarterback. <laughs> Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> and there's Keith. Hey, sports! <laughs> <laughs> that's it for feedback. All right, well, let's move into our reviews. Planets of... <laughs> Oh, see, I was trying to avoid doing that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see? It's Glenn's fault. That'll warn you. <laughs> the TARDIS doors open accidentally <laughs> while Sorry. the ship is in flight. Although they have arrived back on Earth in the 1960s, a time they have been trying to return since they met, since they all met, the travelers soon realize that something is very wrong. The Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Susan discover that they have all been reduced in size. That's a spoiler. And the world they are now exploring has dangers at every turn. Considering the title is Planet of Giants. Yeah, but that makes yeah, the, the title. The makes you idea think is you, you could have on landed a, on a planet uh, full of giants. Well, giant and suddenly they tell you on the back side, they give away the fact that, well, it's not. I, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's not like that Twilight, not like that Twilight Zone episode where they land on the. Well, where the lady keeps seeing the little men from uh, somewhere. And she keeps trying to, you know, kill them, and they they're like they they're like rodents, but they're these little men in spacesuit. And she's like, you know, I keep, you know, trying to kill them and run from them. They keep showing up, and they're shooting at her. And and then at the end, she finally gets the upper hand. And then when they spoilers cut to the uh, <laughs> ship that's landed in her closet, we find out that it's actually humans from Earth that have landed on this planet, and she's the alien. She's the alien. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Amazing I don't think story. I've seen that. Sorry, I ruined it for you. <laughs> amazing story. No dialogue whatsoever. She she screams and shout and you know shouts and makes noises that way, but there's no dialogue at all. So number one, you don't get the fact that she's really not from Earth. She doesn't speak English, obviously, which is great because she's all by herself in her house. And it's not until the end when you hear them radioing back to Earth, saying "Hostile planet, don't come here. Uh, we're in danger, Mayday," kind of thing. So, wow, that's impressive. Oh, oh man. One of my favorite Twilight Zone, which it's one of those ones that you watch and you're going, this is kind of boring. I mean, just step on them or something. And you're just like, and then the end is the huge payoff. Yeah. You're like, oh wow, that was amazing. <laughs> so anyway, spoilers. It's like the planet of the uh, the, the the ugly people. Like yeah, the pink old, people. Well, you don't see them. Yeah, you just see it from her perspective, from, yeah. and they take off the bandages finally. And she looks fine. Yeah. And everybody thinks she's all grotesque. That's <laughs> because they all are. That was a good one, too. Okay, so anyway. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> yeah! I really, really like this episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one as well. Um, probably for more of, in line of the reasons that a lot of people were pointing out in the feedback. Um, and there's only really one thing that bothered me, and we'll get to that when we start talking about it here. But um, what do you guys think of the uh, sets? Oh, the sets were amazing. Sets are amazing. First, Some of the best you know. sets I've on classic I would Who, agree I think. with this whole, you know, dogging Doctor Who because it's on, it, well, not dogging it, but excusing Doctor Who because it was on in the 1960s <laughs> with a shoestring budget and well, then seeing this things is like phenomenal. this. It's just they really did for 1964 television was really great stuff. They, there was a lot of work and a lot of attention to detail put into these. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I thoroughly was able to suspend my disbelief. I mean, when, when yes. we first encountered the giant earthworm. 
Well, I've been to that exhibit at Science City in Kansas City, and <laughs> yeah. we went under the ground and we got shrunk, and there was a giant earthworm hanging off the yeah. wall. It looked just like that. Right. right. Uh, you know, the briefcase looked like a briefcase. Yeah. The matchbox looked like match. I mean, the, the the giant posters and the cans and the giant match. Uh, you know, everything looked. The like sink it was phenomenal with the chain going up, and and the the attention to detail that, it, that they could even weird climb flat on the, on the chain. You know, yeah. rope ladder kind right, of or metal right. ladder chain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't quite understand why you put a giant matchbox that Ian feels the need to get in it. <laughs> There's a lot Ian does in this story that doesn't <laughs> quite make sense. And I. And yeah, I hide in the briefcase, too. Yeah, that didn't make sense either. <laughs> Especially after the matchbox. Yeah, I, I hid in the matchbox and got picked I, up. I, I, I can't get in the briefcase the matchbox now. Because it sort of makes he, sense he was as a in, device, but it's almost like you should have thought a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there. The a matchbox I can excuse because he was in there exploring what it was. Right. And, and he didn't, all of a sudden he wasn't he even really hiding at that up. time. Yeah, that I can excuse. Right. It's when he crawls inside the briefcase to hide. It's like, what? You know, and here's why, and I don't want to ruin anything, but here's why they could pay such attention to the oversized objects that they were using to do such a good job. Did you guys ever notice the backgrounds with the exception of when they're in the garden? When they're in the laboratory, the background's all dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's completely dark. They didn't have to worry about any other sets except for what was right there in front of them. And that makes sense. And that was well done. Yeah, it's Even when they're in the garden... We're, we, we, they, I think they're sort of reusing those those walled sets that are kind of you know ser- serving as the dirt that they're standing next to, and, mm-hmm. and then because in the insects, even there, they don't shoot outside of the the uh, you know the expansion of where you can pan left or right. Mm-hmm. It's really kind yeah. of just right there in one area, and you can tell that they did a really good job of reusing those backdrops in that as well. Yeah. And so I think that's where they, they got away as they realized that they could kind of go with an, a minimalist approach with how the shots were composed and with what was in the background and concentrate whatever money they used on that for the uh, larger set pieces that end up being phenomenal and really yeah. well done. So Agreed. I think that was a, a, a wise choice in the budgeting of money for that for that particular story. And even the, 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 the garden when, you know, the doctor climbs up the... Which... <laughs> Look at Hartnell being all chivalrous. <laughs> Don't climb up there. You could get hurt. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, okay. All right, doctor. Whatever. But when he, when he, up he, there, old he, man. he kind of gets up to the top and they kind of bring the camera up just enough. Oh, and that, that shot. That there's, you know, right. foliage or something up mm-hmm. there. Right. And then we get that wonderful, you know, across the lawn look. It was just. Well, I, and even. As you can. As much as you can tell, it was green screen. The effect of them standing in front of the dead person for the time looked, I thought, looked. I don't good. think it was. I think it was rear it's projection. Not, it's well, not green screen to be or, rear projection in yeah. those days. However, they did it was I thought was because, impressive for uh, the time, and especially on television. Color overlay effect wasn't used until color. So. And you know, it took that me a while. I didn't realize when, when Ian's walking in front of it, and he sees the guy, and he pulls out his handkerchief and holds it up, and I was like, what are you doing? Measuring his open mouth? Are you going to crawl in there next? <laughs> and it, literally, it wasn't until earlier tonight, so I've had to dwell on this episode for a couple of days, that I realized he was checking for breath. Mm-hmm. He was waiting yeah. to see if the handkerchief yeah, waved yep. from, oh, that's how he knew he was dead. Yep. Okay. Because yep. he, obviously he couldn't find a pulse. Right. He wasn't going right. to... Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't going yeah. to... He's too small. To He's too that. small yeah. to do yeah. it. That's certainly what so he was doing. That, that was a, a huge... <laughs> and now it's even cooler. Yep. So, yep. Um, 
I think what, what also most impresses me about this is from a story perspective, because we can ooh and all over the sets, but the story's got to be good, too. Yeah, from a true. story perspective, what I really appreciate about this is we've got bad guys in it. We've got Agtagnus. <laughs> we've got a second story that's going on there that we're afraid is going to... And ultimately, we culminate with them as well, but never, never directly. Yeah. The the antagonist in the majority of this story is the elements. It's the situation. It's the environment. Yeah. That's the antagonist. It's the, yeah, it's, it's being the cat. Small. It's yeah, it's being small. It's the cat. It's the water in the sink. It's the. I mean, it's just all of those little things. It's the poison uh, that you know Barbara initially comes into contact. Finally, it's it's all of those things that they have to do, and and it also the environment also becomes their. Uh, 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 their device or their hero as well in how they utilize it in order to get out of their situation. Yeah. So and I the, absolutely and they love the structure. Got out of the situation. I thought yeah. was brilliant. Making that explosion and, yeah, was, I was just smart. Really, really, really great uh, structure in the story. I, I, I do certainly appreciate the fact that they realized that the, I think that, that either they ran out of time or they were they were they were it was just really dragging out and they needed to cut that one story According out entirely. To, yeah, bonus features. They they thought it was running long yeah. and just boring. And I and think that they didn't. I understand from it in the bonus features that they they felt like they they were going to cut back <clears> this, <throat> this the season by one story and this was the best way to do I it. I think I read that. Uh, I, it was more along the lines that um, they just they, the, <laughs> they, they, the, they thought the script was crap. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> Whoever watched it when they were when they were finished decided that the third and fourth sp- parts spent far too much time on I don't know, Bert the cop and and the the one oh, on the, the other phone lady. Yeah. Oh right, right. There was apparently a lot of scenes Which of them. I can see where they felt like they were setting something up a little more storyline there, but didn't get quite get to it. Although they served their purpose, so I right. was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really appreciative that they really did edit down three and four, and I want to go back and watch how they they've restructured them on this disc so that there is a three and a four. Thanks they're to not Levine, quite as long. Actually. Yeah, they're yeah. not quite as long and as as episodic as they would be, but. But well, yeah, they, they can re, read. I, I thought recording. he did the original not, script. I see. I understand it's not exactly the the, the same length, but it's still shortened in such a way mm-hmm. that, that, that how they did it. But well, I think probably you have to because what they did was from the bonus feature we watched, they got in impersonators to re-record the voices. Right. Exactly. And so, so any of except the action, for Carol Ann Ford and yeah, um, William Russell, who did William Russell. Of, right. So any of the action, and the guy who does would be really kind of good. described, and then you go on. Exactly. So it'd be like a recon. Exactly. So, it'd so be recon short. See, I right. thought it was animated. No, they did say parts animated in it. Uh, uh, it, uh, it three, episodes three and four reconstruction using original scripts, newly recorded dialogue, and animation. Oh, it does say animation. Twenty-eight minutes and twenty-four minutes. Oh well, then the one is as long. I had read that they were they were both even still truncated from what their original running times would have been. So. I'm really curious to go back and watch those. Yeah. Now. Anyway, so uh, but coming down on it, I'm glad that they really did do that because it really does pace out that last episode really well. Yeah, How many I times so. have we reviewed a story and said, "Wow, this was longer than this it was just to be. one episode too long"? Yeah. Well, this is the one situation where they took our advice retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, consequently, the fact that they shortened the season by one episode, this is how we got stuck with. Um, Mission to the Unknown. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Is that's how because it affected. It was they, affected. They, 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 they came up one short. They, 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 oh, they were one short. short. Okay. So I, they do, I do remember. So that. Mission to the Unknown is there's, it's a Doctor Light episode because it's a Doctor Less episode. <laughs> they, they, it's a Doctor Light episode. No, it's a Doctor Less episode. Yeah, he's, it's very light. No, it's very less. It's it's absent. <laughs> it's gone. You can't call it Doctor Light because he's not even in it. <laughs> but that was commissioned to make up right. for the the loss right. of, of of this one. 
But. You know, while I think it was a good thing that they cut it short, I was kind of disappointed when it ended because I was enjoying it so much. I was yeah, like, oh, I, I would have watched more, actually. So Another 20, 30 minutes, though? No, I don't know. Yeah. See, it depends, on, it just, depends on what they had done with the I'm, time. I'm pretty grateful that they didn't because I think, of that and, aspect. Going back and thinking about it, I think, yes, it makes sense that they cut it in the way they did it. Mm-hmm. But while watching it, I thought, oh... That was good fun. I like that. I <laughs> would have watched good more. Fun. It was That's what good it boils fun. down to. It's not a really in-depth script. My biggest complaint with it is... I, and <laughs> I'm sure here's the part of the show where we're going to tear it apart. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tear anything apart other than... I, I also felt like the writer didn't quite have a handle on the characters. However, I felt that the characters for what they had were really grabbing the, onto the, the story. The actors did a good job. They did. They portrayed their characters, their characters the based on what they had. My biggest problem was I have no earthly idea, and I hope somebody can tell me, why would Barbara withhold (laughs) the fact that she already had been poisoned? There was no real good reason for it. (laughs) Other than her being a trooper. Well, I won't say anything until we get out of it. That's fine. That's within Barbara's character. (laughs) But we could have probably... I'm sorry. The, the doctor would have said, hey, once we get this back to normal, you'll be okay. I mean, that's yeah. what, he well, knew I, that I, was going to be the result. Ian saw her touch the seeds yeah. and pick them up and gave him her, her handkerchief. Yeah, but he was, Why did he not remember? He was, he was, he was not paying attention He was quite distracted, and I think I, that's I, the point they I were trying to make. I Barbara more than Ian so, in this story. He was so enamored in, of what was going on that I think the idea was that he saw it but didn't notice, but, but he didn't really was, register what it, was going It didn't on. come across on, on the tweet stream for those of you that did join us for Friday night, who and, and for Glenn, who missed it all together, the room was—we uh, laughed we, 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 so hard because the entire crux of that part of the story seemed to be, well, certain doom awaits for anybody. It's a good thing you didn't touch those, did yeah, you? Yeah, you know? and they I kept mean, driving they, that point they, home. <laughs> it was—it was almost. It was almost like a melodrama. I felt so bad for Sue, for Barbara throughout the entire thing because while yeah, I kept shouting got, at the screen, going, "Just tell them." <laughs> well, he would make some comment about, "Wow, that poor thing is dead." It's a good thing you didn't touch the seat. And it's almost like the camera pushed in our face with dun dun dun, you know, and moment, then, and then go to something else, and then come back to her, you know? and she's like, well, "What do you think she about?" She would have at least cried, and then Ian could have said, "What's wrong?" And she goes, "I made a mistake and touched the stuff." No, and you saw me do it, dummies. So, so maybe we should get maybe we should get the formula and try and copy it down. Well, what for? Anybody who touched the seeds would be dead. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it was driving that on. Oh, it was on and on and on. And we laughed every single time. It was like, well, thank goodness you didn't do that. Maybe she was. Oh, wait. Maybe because he kept reiterating it. Maybe she felt stupid at that maybe. point. I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I'm, say anything I'm I'd just going to die. I'd rather die because I would die of embarrassment. That's <laughs> what it seemed like. Come on. But that's my biggest complaint, and that's a minor one. So. <laughs> No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can see Chrissy's point about how I don't think that the the characters were quite written well enough. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I thought the actors did with what they had. They really portrayed their characters. Their characters did did, did you recognize um, uh, what was his name? Forrester, the the main bad guy with the gun who shot the guy dead and was. I didn't recognize him. R. K. Maroon. That's who that was. That's who that was. Get out of here. As soon as he opened it, because he has that kind of craggy yeah. face and everything, and I looked at him and thought, oh, I know you from somewhere. And then he started to talk like this, and I went, oh, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> and looked him up. Maroon cartoons. That's, what he's, that's apparently what he's most known for. He hasn't done much, but he, he well, he's, well, uh, he's gone cool. now, but yeah. Um, that was huh. that was no. Him. I did not recognize him at all. I'll be darned. You don't want to go to Toontown. You don't gotta go to Toontown. Yeah. That was him. <laughs> that was him. So I do think Susan was written really well in that story. Susan was exceptionally well uh, written in the story she, because she was take charge and she, she helped was, grandfather out. She's and not just not the screen distress. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she's really well well written. And unfortunately, she's got genuine concern for the doctor too in this, and I loved that. You could really tell the yeah. relationship there. And unfortunately, because it's not on Susan, that means it's down to Barbara to be the damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, she didn't even follow through and do that. Well, it's not like she touched the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> could have because been a lot anybody worse. Touched the seeds? That could have been really oh, bad. so bad. Thank goodness that Barbara wasn't stupid enough to go and pick something up and then stick her face in it because, wow, it could have ended badly. Uh, Can I borrow your handkerchief? <laughs> I still, I, part of me thinks it's uh, Ian was so out of character in it though, because he, after all he's he seen up to this point, yeah. he should not be this wowed. Amazed, yes, but not so distracted he didn't notice something like that. I, yeah, or to not know. under You're, not get he, the he, idea he, that he, they you shrunk. can keep beating that, but I just I know men. I know <laughs> I know how they act. My wife will tell me about a thirty minute long story and then I will when did you tell me that? <laughs> like five minutes ago. Well, even oh. even but within the course of the adventure, teacher. though, yeah, too, so. he seemed to be the most resistant to the idea. And I get that it's like. If, if this were story one, like it wasn't originally meant to be, I get that. If it were even story two, I would get that. But a whole season later, yeah, I, I, just, I, I wonder how much of that it, just, It almost you know. feels like it, it undid a lot of what he's learned over the time. He's <laughs> traveled. Okay, maybe. I can see that point. And that's, but that's my only complaint about it's it. It's your only beef. Yeah. That Ian's an idiot. <laughs> well, th- there, were, there were definite moments where it felt... I don't know. I, I can see. I, I read some of the reviews that the critics posted at the time it came out, and everybody was not as kind as we're being, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very critical about the fact that we spend a lot of time dealing with this strange, you know, DDT plot, and and, and that nothing really happens, and that it's the doctor science. even, That's you know, and the doctor even reverses his position because Susan says maybe we could call for help, you know, let's go find a phone. And he's like, oh, it wouldn't work, it wouldn't be this, blah, blah, blah. But then by the end of the episode, he's the one going, I know what we need, a telephone! And it's like, uh... <laughs> and as great as that bit was, why did they think that would work? <laughs> Are you grasping at straws? At I guess. Point? I think so, yeah. You know? Nowadays, you call 911 and you don't hear anything, you send somebody. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> maybe you get a cop. But the... the, 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 the Seeing Team TARDIS work together to lift this giant receiver mm-hmm. and the corks. Oh, the corks were mm-hmm. genius. I wouldn't yeah, have thought of that. Yeah, corks underneath. That was great. <clears throat> Although we were trying to determine what the corks were for. Why were they stoppers, in the lab? Bottle stoppers. Were they bottle stoppers? You, you put them on the top well, of beakers. If, if, not beakers. The, what are the, we what just, are the, we, we just, what are the flask ones? If, if Team they're TARDIS the beakers, is... They're the, the... Like test tubes and stuff? No, no, no. Or, or the, oh, the, the, the triangular glass Yeah, the triangular glass. They have a name. I can't remember what they're called. Beakers, now they, they use now we use rubber stoppers in them, but back then they would have used corks. Well, we were just trying to determine stoppers. if 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 the if they're, they're team Tardis was an about, about an inch tall, the corks and the corks so were the, about this tall. Then. Yeah, the, so now, the scale was a little. There off, are some things in there that weren't quite to scale. Yeah, I think the matches I, I should have been bigger too. as well. But yeah, ah, we, we let it go. Yeah, 
So I think it was the corks that made me say, "Wait a minute, some of this isn't yeah, yeah. exactly uh, the scale." When, but when they picked that match up, and, and Ian's explaining but the fact that to it took her, two of them to do the match, I was impressed. Well, that and they then just Ian's explaining like, okay. that we're okay. We're going to charge it like a you know a battering ram, but we're going to angle ourselves along the thing. And I'm like, "How is that going to?" And then kind of bouncing off the box, I was just like. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just laughed uproariously because it was just like, this is genius. This is, thank God I was not shrunk to an inch tall and thrown in some guy's backyard. I wouldn't have made it out. I'd have picked up the seed. I would have taken a bite out of it. <laughs> Ooh, hopefully you'd have had enough sense to tell us early on. No. <laughs> I, I guess I can excuse that because it's a trope now, especially like in zombie films. How many people get bitten and don't say anything? And don't uh, say anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that's I, because they don't want their brains tweet, blown out. I think so. I tweeted that. What is that going to die regardless? You don't want their brains blown out. Might as well get left behind so you don't sacrifice the people because you're with. Because I think there's always hope. But Barbara just seemed to resign the whole time that, well, I'm. No, I think there was, she had hope. I did. They, were, they well, would get I'm, back to the TARDIS. I high hopes. <laughs> I think she started out with hope and then they started drilling that home. And then she lost all hope <laughs> well, because they're all insane. Ian was such a doubting Thomas through the whole thing. It's like, well, you know, at least you didn't touch the sea. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can drive that point home for you. It's like this poor fly. It died instantly. Did you see that? Uh, it just barely touched the pile of seeds and it keeled over dead. Could you imagine what this would do to a human being if somebody was stupid enough to come along and pick up a pile of seeds? I, uh, <laughs> I thought the fly was great too. And the fact that it was constantly twitching. Yeah. That was really yeah. nice. Nice little touch to include there. Uh, I, I kind of, I think, in Besides a way... there was another thing that was kind of like, eh, I don't know, but... I have to agree with James. I think there was one missed opportunity here at the end in part four. <laughs> He's sitting there watching this with his big, goofy grin on his face, and he says, if they ride the cat back to the TARDIS, this would be my <laughs> favorite episode ever. And then it didn't happen, and he was all despondent. I was like, no, it was part of that part they had to cut out. We didn't see how they got and, back and, to and the TARDIS. They just get back. So in your head, the they rode the cat back, and he had a big grin again. <laughs> <laughs> I I I had never seen this one before, so I was thoroughly enamored with it, and I, I loved it. I thought I, it was and great. I, I, we watched, we Caitlin and I rewatched it this weekend on Hulu because it's one of the ones on Hulu. But I, but as I was watching uh, First Doctors a few weeks ago, stories, I got to this one and I went, "Well, I'm not watching this on Hulu. I own it." So I actually watched the disc for that one. So I've I've kind of said to myself because I have so many First Doctor stories right now that I'm done buying any First Doctor stories. But if this one might make an exception. It's, it's it only so one much. disc too, and, and it's, uh, it's it'll, it'll be a bit more affordable. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it is a more affordable one. And cool, like, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, our next bit of review. A big hand for the Doctor, London, nineteen hundred. The first Doctor is missing both his hand and his granddaughter Susan. Faced with the search for Susan, a strange beam of sephoric sephoric light. A host of marauding soul pirates intent on harvesting human limbs, the Doctor was promised a dangerous journey into a land he may never forget. Okay, I'm going to split this. For the story itself, I'm going to give it a dun dun dun. For the fact story that, or content? For, for, for the content. Okay. For the fact that it's a first Doctor, Doctor Who story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a horn. What, but what, what did we determine that was going to be now? Because we said during Planet of Giants, the music to the cliffhanger of episode one was the perfect middle ground of not... Dun, 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 and the horn. Yeah, it's in between the two. When, when the cat showed up, it was like... <laughs> 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 
was this weird cartoon ceremony. That's the only way I can describe it. That's what this It is. wasn't really menacing. It was almost cartoonish and comical that there's this giant cat about to eat you. I'm mildly alarmed. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, Do you want to start? Yeah. Um, I liked the story. The story in and of itself, I really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was inventive. I thought it was very, very oddball, almost Douglas Adams-esque with some of the things that were thrown about. I like stupid villains, so uh, <laughs> Igby and, it, it, and some it, of the pirates were just kind of... And, and the fact that they had a rationale for being stupid, yeah. that they were being writers. It's okay. Douglas Adams without the comedy. Well, yeah, that was just it. Is that there were there were some of these oddball things. The, the, the one that really got me well, is... Well, the fact that you think it's Douglas Adams, he makes sense since he did write the... Sixth or seventh Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, you know, and I didn't think of that, but now it actually kind of gives me a little hope to go back and read that one because I hadn't read it yet. So now I'm a little more excited and about reading thing. it. And, and another thing, and another thing. But um, see that it actually, <laughs> it actually sort of makes me leery about reading it now because I was excited to read it, but now I kind of felt the same way as this. See, it, this was very, this was very Hitchhiker esque without the comedy, without the humor. well. It just it's it's the oddball stuff. It's, it's certainly not as good of Douglas Adams as. Well, Douglas Adams, uh, or, or even as, as Gareth Roberts would have written Douglas Adams. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the, the kind of tonal is there. The problem is it's an inappropriate tone for the first Doctor. It really is. The, it doesn't the, feel anything like the, the, the story that story. got me is when he's recounting the, you know, he's in the tractor beam, and he's like, this must have been what it felt like to be swallowed. And he had been on a couple of different occasions when the, by the blah, blah, blah whales mm-hmm. of the planet such and mm-hmm. such. And you get swallowed, and then you get spitched up through the, the blowhole, and the whales all sit around high-fiving each other. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? It's a 40-ton whale. I laughed out loud at that bit. But I that just, was very Douglas Adams. I, was, was I can't Adams. see the first Doctor relating this story, even internally. I just can't I, see I, it. I, what through it this whole story, I kept thinking Fourth Doctor. I yeah. kept thinking this would have been that. a perfect yeah. Fourth Doctor story. Yeah. And if if he did intend to write it as a First Doctor story, I think what he tried to do was... Con- because I don't know about you guys, but to me, the First Doctor feels the most separate from all the other Doctors. Because he's so different. And so, first doctor. I think that's certainly true. Yeah. yeah. This is. Uh, it feels like he's trying to connect to make him a, more of a complete person, and it just doesn't work for me. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like trying to bring him into the fold of the rest of the doctors, where mm-hmm. it's just not true to who he was, uh, that, as far as we know, as television at least. There were little things that he did that I really liked. I liked the idea, and I, I'll be honest, I, it wasn't until the end of the story that I picked up on the fact that this was a, a prior time period of London. I still thought we were in the 60s through the, through oh. the whole opening bit when right. he calls a cab and everything. I, I just didn't pick up on it. But he's talking about the, the, the stench of London. And when the doctor can't handle anymore, he jumps in the cab and he puts his handkerchief up to his face, but he's actually got the, 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 <laughs> the, re, filter. the, the filter, the rebreather or something mm-hmm. in there, the oxygenator. And that was when I'm like, oh. <gasps> He did do that all the time. (laughs) I thought that was a really cool bit for the doctor to do. And the stuff with the surgeon being grumpy the way he was, it started out fine. That's just it. Owen Coffer captures the first doctor in that shop with the uh, guy that crafts his hand for him. And I think that that's the only time that I really feel... That he's very first doctor. He's a bit crotchety. He doesn't have time for the, this. He wants it his way. 
that that was very first Doctor yeah. to me. And then suddenly when he gets into the adventure part of this story, then that's when I, I'm taken out of it. I'm thinking this was more suited for a, a younger and Doctor, for a across, different Doctor. Well, well there's even a nice Aldridge, reference Aldridge, Aldridge. that when he's on the roof or whenever, he's thinking... Oh, that future version of me would be better yeah, than this. Yeah, it was just so. It was like it was going to try to connect all these stories. It was, it was a, I wasn't kind of sure like, how I felt about yeah, that. Either. I thought the same Some, thing. The, I kind of, the there's a part of me that sure liked the idea that he would get these precognitive yes. flashes, but then there was another part that was like, no. Yes. No, that's just no, wrong. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you entirely because I thought I appreciate that effort there. And it was a nice little nod, but I wasn't quite sure how to feel about it because it was almost not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. It just it wasn't quite right. Um, but I, I liked the idea of the pirate. I liked once again, and th- this is the other thing that I think you, you mentioned Fourth Doctor. I think this would have been a very fitting Eleventh Doctor story. Eleventh Doctor in that he's doctor. he's fighting so hard for the children. Oh yeah, that that just seems to me an, a natural. I mean, not that not that Hartnell didn't, but that he's. I don't know. Even because we talked about that definitive split in Hartnell's uh, Doctor between. Pre-Susan and post-Susan, mm-hmm. that, that he seems to have lightened up a lot once she left. But she's obviously still with him in here, and it's an early adventure. Mm-hmm. It's obviously before um, Ian, Ian and Barber mm-hmm. uh, show up, certainly. He, um, he does have a, show a great deal of concern for Susan through the entire He does, event. and I liked that, because that, that to me very much called <laughs> and, back to and I did like the doctor that I know. It, it was post the surgeon when she goes off and he's kind of grumpy about the fact that you should have waited and that I thought that was very first yeah, doctor. That was true. That is too. But even the um and what's funny is through the whole fight on the rooftop I thought to myself You've got flying children, you've got pirates, you've got a sword fight. This is Peter Pan. That makes a good Jane Barry model. This is this is so <laughs> Peter Pan. You just, you just need you just need Barry, you know. To, no. And then that included the little bit at the end, and I was like, "Yep, all right, that cool. was me." You know, I, I, I do appreciate that that the fact that that was Jane Barry watching. He doesn't calling my name, but that he's watching, and, and that obviously yeah. was a premise for Peter Pan for him. So that was neat. That was a neat way to tie in some oh, historical. That was, that was uh, very very cool to that fiction. So. But I don't know. It just it, it, the, the, I agree with you, Keith. That there's so many of these little moments that just felt like there's, he's oh, trying to put those tentacles out and everything. Yeah. Because you you had the you know the eleventh Doctor kind of awkwardness. You had the fourth Doctor humor. You had the 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 ending where he's overloaded the ship's um, tractor beam or whatever Which to explode. I, 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 it was like that's it, a tenant move. You know, tenants or even two. I could kind yeah. of see Hartnell messing with the computer a little bit, mm-hmm. but not as much as yeah. So it just the, the, the thought process was very thin. Yeah. I yes, yes. 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 Yeah. Of why he was going to do it. Yeah. And so there, there were a lot of things that it's like. Well, I like the fact that you're kind of trying to throw all the doctors into a blender and pour them into the first doctor, maybe liven him up a little bit. But I'm just not sure that worked. Mm-hmm. I think I would have preferred just kind of a straight first doctor adventure, and then maybe saved this one for the fourth book or, or something that where mm-hmm. that that feel would have just felt a little more appropriate. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm stuck in my fandom well, and I like that's things just a certain it. way. Well, I, but I, I think if so. you're recognizing and celebrating 50 years of who, you should represent the era that you're writing about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It'd, it'd be one thing if this were a one-off short story that he wrote and got published in an anthology of short stories, but this is for the 50th anniversary. You should get it right. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if, because he's Owen Koffler, 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 
Okay. There's an L in it, so I'm not sure. Looks like Ian to me. <laughs> he, he wrote Artemis Fowl. He wrote this. He he succeeded Douglas Adams in writing a book. I mean, he must know what he's doing. And I wonder how much of it was the publishing house just saying, "Go write us a book," and then publishing whatever they got with very little editing. Or maybe it was very little editing from a who standpoint because it was just we're just going to put the book out. It's an ebook anyway. I, you know? I wonder if it's they 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 reached out to all these people and said, Ian "Hey, write Colfer. a te- write a Doctor's Who story, short story," and then later was like, "Hey, can you make that a first Doctor story?" It certainly would explain why it. Or it has hey, that could you feel, make this a you know? like? I wonder if we're gonna. Uh, have an encounter something like this later where it feels like a different doctor because that's who they thought they were writing for. Right. I, I, well, and they kind of changed last minute and we're like, well, I'm not going to rewrite this whole thing. I'll drop him in and, you yeah. know, yeah. change yeah. the companion to Susan and we're good. Well, here's the and, thing. And how much of it was, you know, that's the, I really want to know now the process of this. Did they like get all the authors together originally and then put all the doctors into a hat and, and it's they like, draw them out. Oh, I got the first doctor. <laughs> know, and everybody's kind of, like, ah. Oh. They, <laughs> they were kind of announcing them as they went along, though. So I get the impression that. They were just lining them up as they needed on the right yeah. fifty pages. So it's not like, it's not like Neil Gaiman had a full year right. to write his. Exactly. You know? exactly. Uh-huh. I, the only thing that I can I can um, dispute the idea of the fact that he may have had, wrote it with another doctor in mind and then when he changed it is the relationship between the doctor and Susan seems very sincere and good and there's there's that there's a nice little compassionate moment there when he finally gets the ship he's genuinely concerned about Susan even though he's complaining about her running off and she he told her not to do it but then he turns around and he's very you know the whole, the moment where he said he tells everybody you have to hold on don't let go and Susan really connects with him and understands even though he's not able to explain what what's going yeah. on and what he's about to do she there you you get that real that instant nice trust. instant trust yeah. connection and i thought that 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 really kind of made a nice little relationship moment between them um and then the idea that she, after you know they're they're shot out of the thing, and he's they're waiting for that gravity bubble, whatever, to come out and catch him. And which there was a little bit of that moment of is it really going to make it? And of course, it's going to make it to him, but yeah. you know because it, it, there is that drawn out where they're kind of in a free fall there for a while, and. I can't remember exactly how it's written, but wouldn't Susan, that have been a shocking end? Susan, when, she, Susan, <laughs> wow, when she's Susan, when she's explaining it later, kind of gives the impression that she had put, you know, she had total trust in, in her grandfather, and so there's those little relationship things there that would have been hard to kind of, I think, pepper in had you not written for the first Doctor. Yeah, in the first yeah. Place. I could see that too. Yeah. I don't know. It, was, it, it could go either way. It, it was it was an yeah. enjoyable read. It was a quick read. Um, was anybody taken aback by the fact that he was getting a replacement hand? Yeah, and that I kept thinking, are we trying it. to retroactively say that he's got a replacement hand for? But and he's got a. <laughs> it clearly wasn't the two fingered one that he got yeah. that had lady fingernails, <laughs> painted fingernails on it. And I do like the way that the doctor was trying to finagle the time that he was going to have to <laughs> help. Uh, what was his name? Aldridge. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of, kind of glad that he was like starting negotiating it down from like six weeks to well, no, how about like two weeks? And then they're kind of like bartering yeah. in the middle, and the doctor's still reluctantly, you know, going along with wanting to having to do it. I also really like uh, this. Uh, another doctor moment is when he realizes that Aldridge would have had that dampening field up around his shop mm-hmm. so he missed mm-hmm. out on all these messages that was an eighth doctor moment mm-hmm. i could hear yeah. him again going stupid doctor stupid doctor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just missing out on you know sure, sure. it went to voicemail stupid doctor <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know like i said I, I thought it was an enjoyable story 
but I just wasn't necessarily sold that it was a first Doctor mm-hmm. story. Yeah, I, I, I see where I see where you're coming from on that. It would almost be, and and the, and the it, swearing. If I agree with Chrissy on that. When he when he said dab it or realize what that like, was. I, had I known the reference and read the Artemis Fell, I might have had more ish taken more issue with it. But to me, it was just a it was a it was just a slang. Darn it or well, dang it and, or, and yeah. I, that, see, that's just it. This is kind of one of those dangerous traps you fall into with Doctor Who is just because the hero doesn't smoke or drink or womanize or swear on screen doesn't mean he can't doesn't mean that he doesn't. Oh, it just means we don't see it. Mm-hmm. But there's so much evidence to the fact that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that I'm totally okay with one or two of these things. But the swearing kind of threw me. Because I took it as a swear. I took it as, that's a sci-fi trope. It's like frack. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that you throw in there when you want to say this, but you really don't think you can get away with saying that. So you come up with something you else instead of saying that. Yeah. And you invent the word. That's what it felt like to me. Well, I didn't know anything about the, the genealogy of the word. It just felt like a swear mm-hmm. word. And even Mike, the hackles kind of went, mm, I don't know about that, but all right, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tried to rationalize it. It was like, well, well the doctor's been in some big scrapes. He's, I'm, I'm sure the war doctor swore up a storm at the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that he flung a few epitaphs around during the time war. But I just can't see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. It didn't feel too weighty to me, I guess, was the, the reason why. The, the particular word that was chosen just didn't feel to have that much weight. Oh, well, maybe it's because it. it's more it. like bloody hell. You know yeah. what I mean? That's. that's Which that, the that, 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 that I'd have been fine with, yeah. oddly <laughs> enough. Maybe because it was <laughs> a made up word. Vein, but. Yeah. Maybe because it was a made-up word is what triggered it, but yeah. but maybe it's because I mean we've got soul pirates. I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I did. the first connotation of the word when it came up, soul pirates. <laughs> We're harvesting souls. <laughs> I had this image of this, you know, guy in an afro and bell bottoms, <laughs> with a, you know, with a cutlass. <laughs> so. Pirates. <laughs> we came for your cool in the game. <laughs> I'm glad he explained it because it dispelled that right, image pretty right, quickly. Right, but yeah. I, just, I didn't even go there. That's I'm surprised I didn't. <laughs> Soul pirates, rock on. <laughs> you know, it, I almost wouldn't have a problem with this if this. If we had established that there was a regeneration, that Hartnell was the first regeneration, so that the, this amalgamation of all these doctors that we've seen later are all just different personalities of the person that the first person that came, and that could be what he was trying to do, but it it just doesn't work. Yeah, maybe if it was a later doctor. Well, of course, you know, or, or, we, we talked like, about like it. if if Moffat had fixed it so. You know, instead of <coughs> ten being a handy doctor, it was that well, there was actually a regeneration before the first one, before Hartnell. Yeah, but now it's not. So. Yeah. yeah, maybe because it did feel like he was trying. Brainy, brain, brainy, brain of Morbius did try to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Those were all Morbius. I know they are, and that's how we've all rectified it. But that, no, there was an attempt Morbius. there to be. No, they're all Morbius. Yeah. They're all Morbius. <laughs> In your happy little world. No, it's not my happy little... 
fact. They're all Morbius. Morbius live longer than the Doctor. It makes sense. It's clear as crystal. I don't know why anybody's confused about that point. I just rewatched it recently. It's like, they're nuts. It's all Morbius. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anything else about that? No, that was all I had. I don't know anything else. I mean, it, it's a, it's a decent story. I, I I appreciate the fact that it's a ebook series that's you know forty to forty five to fifty pages long. I hope they're all very similar in length. I don't think, I think the pacing was good. It didn't it didn't bore me. It didn't. Yeah. I didn't get out of. I didn't get taken out of the story much. No. Um, so I, I'm hoping that they're all like that. It, it, it's it, quite it, an enjoyable. It, it, quick I'm, I'm hoping it set the tone for what's to come, and uh, you know, for our readers who haven't. Our listeners, our listeners who haven't read all of them, um, our readers that haven't heard all of them, that too. There are uh, audiobook versions available. <laughs> we'll be doing one of these a month. It's kind of our tribute yeah, to you, you know the work we're carrying on the torch of the fiftieth, even though now we're in the fifty-first. But um, oh man, yeah, we're not in the fifty-first until November twenty-third. Yeah. So oh, so we were all celebrating prematurely last year. <laughs> it was all twenty-nine. Was build up to the fiftieth. The anniversary didn't happen until oh well. We're in the fiftieth now, so okay, so we're 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 celebrating the fiftieth. We're the only all ones year actually long. celebrating. The we're 50th. doing it right. Last year we were in the fiftieth calendar year. Now we're in the actual fifty fiftieth year. Yeah. See, that's how you work that. You who, you who said the paternal millennium wasn't until 2001. It wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going... Uh, we we celebrated, celebrated the fake millennium, and then we celebrated <laughs> the, the real millennium. millennium. But, uh, yeah, the real millennium. The fake millennium sucked. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that darn Y2K bug yeah, didn't come to fruition. I spent mine in a bunker because somebody was yeah. afraid it was going to happen. Yeah. It let me have a I know. great prank. We were I got several people positioned around the room. As soon as midnight hit, we hit all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You know where I was? was I was at an ATM doing a live shot. Uh, Is it going to work? Yep. Is it going to work? My card worked. Oh, joy. All right. Anyway. <laughs> this, this just in, we're not dead. <laughs> well, let's talk about our one last piece for this show. Doctor Who's special 2013. When Strange... It's called The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who. Not according to the spine. It's The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who. The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who. Wait, hold on. Is Written that? by? Paul Cornell. Mm-hmm. When a strange oh, force flings the TARDIS into our universe, the Doctor encounters a 12-year-old girl who happens to be a huge fan of Doctor of the Doctor Who television show. The Doctor then must grapple with being a fictional character along with monsters looking at the school, the girl's school in the way, on the way to coming to face with an actor who portrays himself, Matt Smith. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, 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 bum. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Sorry. I like um, this story. The only thing the good that I can say about this is I appreciated what it was trying to do, and I appreciated the fact that he wrote it for the reason he wrote it. The it's story, a great message. The story is terrible. The story is not good. It's choppy. It's it's quick, and it, it's the problem is is it's a longer than usual comic, and feels rushed even with the the length that it is. Uh, I didn't think the resolutions were good. The, the problem is, is it's a little too self-serving for my taste. Um, it is very it, it does not feel at all like a Doctor Who story, and that's my problem with it. Um, sometimes when stories are trying to be clever and make a nice homage and tribute 
to the genre. Like I say, I appreciate what it was doing, why he wrote it, but the story itself doesn't work for me. It takes me completely out of the story because sometimes when you write, to me, fantasy still can can go too far to be too fin- fantastic. And I think at this point it gets a little too fantastic for for its own good. That you you simply say it's an alternate universe. So in this alternate universe, the Doctor is a real guy, or is not a real guy. He's an actor portrayed on screen, and and everything that, that that has happened in the Doctor's life has happened on TV in our universe. Clearly, this is him coming over into our universe. Yes, it 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 goes a little too far in doing that of separating reality and fantasy, and suddenly that you're trying to throw both of them together, and it be, makes the fantasy be too fan- fantastic. And so, in, in a bad way, and so I didn't like that, and it really took me out of the story, and and just it, it just went too far to be too self-serving for me as far as a tribute to the show. And again, I, I come down on the side that I I don't dispute the fact that he wrote it, and I'm glad he wrote it, and it, it was the best medium to do it in was a comic book. But I could never have seen this as a novel. I could never have seen this as a TV show. I couldn't see this as a big finish audio. Um, even some of the big finish audios I've heard where they've really stepped outside the box, I didn't feel really stepped it overstepped its bounds outside yeah, the no, box. I, I, I so. think it, I think it had to it, it, it could only exist as a comic. Well, it yeah, certainly absolutely. could, yeah, absolutely. So that's really all I'm going to say about it because I don't want to tear it down because, like I said, I, I appreciate Park Cornell's, Cornell's attempt and what he did there and why he did it, and I think it's a nice nod. I think the other thing that I had a problem with is reading this right after seeing. Uh, saying goodbye to Matt and say, saying goodbye to the 11th Doctor in the time of the Doctor. And it's because you read this before, right? You got it. Christmas yeah, I did. I, did. I got See, it early, I, li- so. I read it after, and I was already done with, with the 11th Doctor. I was ready to close that chapter. And so this was another thing where I felt like this was like an afterthought. It wasn't because it was it was produced and, and even released the day before. But it just it felt like I was revisiting the Eleventh Doctor a little too soon, so that kind of tainted my well, view. I could see that so, maybe, but um, but yeah, overall for those reasons, I did. I didn't. <laughs> for those reasons, I didn't enjoy it. So that's all I'm going to say about because again, I don't want to tear it down. You're it completely wrong, well, Keith. <laughs> it's amazing. There you go. There's an. I'm trying to rack my brain and think of the other story that's done this. There's something else where... Well, Stargate SG-1 Stargate did an episode yeah. where... So I didn't watch SG-1. They, they found out that there was, there was a show on called Wormhole Extreme. Maybe and initially they just they one. laughed it off. But then they realized that Wormhole Extreme was doing all these episodes based on real missions that they'd done. And they thought maybe they had a mole on the base or something that was leaking some information. Well, through a very long, convoluted process, they discovered that at one point in time in an early, early, early mission, they touched this this alien artifact... And it supplanted basically a, a, a transmitter, uh, a, a subconscious transmitter, into a, a Colonel Neal's brain, and that he's been transmitting unconsciously to a guy that's got the receiving end of this, which was dug up as an artifact on Earth, and he's just got this cool rock in his basement and didn't realize what it was, and then all of a sudden he starts getting flooded with all these ideas, and he starts writing them all down, and it becomes this TV show. And... Which so, is a more realistic way to do which, it. Which is a more scientific, science yeah. fiction way of doing it. Or there's a supernatural way of doing it, of a prophet writing novels, <laughs> which is what Supernatural did. Yeah. Which is, that's, that, just, that just occurred to me. That's where That's probably where feels, you were thinking of it. And I thought that was really clever. But I thought what worked for this one was the fact that it wasn't just that there was this terror and I fell into this other universe, that it was specifically... 
the the one Cyberman from uh, 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 Pete's World. Pete's World. Yeah. Well, but from uh, Doomsday, mm-hmm. that when the rift opened and he got sucked through, he didn't. He, he went, you know, through and out the other end, but right. didn't wind up on Pete's World. He wound up on our world. That for me was just enough of a science fictiony hook that I went, okay, I, I you know, because I was a little uncertain initially. I liked the idea, but I wasn't sure how they did it until he talked about that Cyberman, and it was like fixed. I'm ready. Let's let's do this. I love the story. I thought I, thought I like it was, the message it portrays with the bullying and the, yeah, and that's, the telling somebody that's the and the run. The story. I like yes. And I love the fact that that issue is resolved in true Doctor Who fashion, that she doesn't go and stand up to the bully and fight him, mm-hmm. that she doesn't go and, 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 and get a gun, that she, she doesn't go and do this. She, she outthinks him. Yeah. Yeah. She lures the bully. I, 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 like that part yeah. I like that part. And I thought that was, that was really good. And for those of us that may not necessarily bullied, but have been... Picked on for our fandom. Joshed about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're a Doctor Who fan, or, you know, I mean, not that I can't even necessarily say that Doctor Who fans were picked on because nobody knew what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, according to Dr. Phil, he was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, some, more. some 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 more than others. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were probably kids in fourth grade that thought I was a little weird when I brought my cardboard canine to class on Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I very much liked that. I think he did a great job differentiating between the doctor and Matt Smith. I don't know, but I, I got the impression that Matt Smith's written as Matt Smith is. <laughs> and so when he sees well, the doctor, really, Matt he, Smith is barely in it. Yeah. I, but just those, just those, those couple of scenes were very <laughs> cool. I just, I just, I just really, I thought the doctor reacted appropriately to all of the little things that he's thrown into. Like, Seriously? I mean, if it, if it had been a David Tennant thrown into this world, he'd have been like, what? 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 I mean, it just, mm-hmm. I, I, it just everything worked for me in this. I just thought it was a really, really cool story. I agree with you. It could only exist as a comic. You couldn't do this in Big Finish or any other medium just because it's, it's just oddball enough that it kind of lends itself to this particular style. Um, but I, I have no complaints about it. I thought it was a very fitting send-off and, you know, as the last IDW comic for Doctor Who to roll off the line. I thought it was kind of cool that they didn't, you know, try and do a big, you know... Considering a week earlier they did do the big. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we'd already gotten the the, the, the Prisoners of Time wrap-up and everything else, and that this was just kind of a, let's enjoy our fandom and not do a big gargantuan Dalek war story or something set during the Time War or... You know, it's just it's it's just this little story that is what it is, mm-hmm. but it's got a really cool premise to it. I thought that was ingenious, and it's got a lot of really funny fan recognition. Oh, I appreciated yeah. the, the convention. Oh, the convention <laughs> bit was. I appreciated great. the jokes. Well, I had quirks in it, so you were all kinds well, of yeah, you know. That, that made it awesome. There were quirks. Aren't there quirks? Oh, the Dominators. Oh no, no, there were crotons. Crotons. That's, Sorry, what, that's what I meant. Crotons. Dominators. Yeah, crotons. <laughs> well, just the. Uh, where was it? Oh, oh, the bit where the, he... The, my... <laughs> there are... Oh, wait. How can parts of my life have titles? Isn't that a North American DVD cover, by the way? Yeah. Isn't that weird? IDW is a North American company. It, it's, it is, but this is all set in the UK. All, every piece of this is set in oh, the yeah. UK. Yeah. Does she find a policeman or a constable at the end? I don't remember... <laughs> Well, it was a school teacher. Policeman. Oh, well, we'll doesn't have to be a constable. No, the constables over there. No. <laughs> if I'd have known some of these things were called the 
things like the Android invasion would have saved a lot of bother. <laughs> yeah, that was a neat line. There were some funny moments in it. Don't get me wrong. That and then with, with at the con when he comes in second and the Matt Smith look like. Why you the most point at yourself? That's all I thought I had to do. <laughs> Which that's based on a true. Because you can see the doctor going. <laughs> It's based on a true event where John Leeson, nobody knew that John Leeson was at this convention, and he entered the John Leeson canine sound alike contest and came in second, and nobody knew that it was John Leeson. <laughs> so that, I just, this is an awesome book. There's so much good here. Now the jokes I appreciated. I appreciated those very much. But I didn't get the idea that this was set in Britain. I really didn't. It felt... I don't remember what makes me think that, but there was somewhere that... Maybe, maybe it's your brain, uh, you know... Well, okay, that's a very British mailbox, yes, I guess. I'll give you that, that one. one of those, okay. yeah, that was one of those. I guess my head tra- teleported them to uh, to the U.S. with the fandom, but... I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought it was good. I guess the fact that they were filming should have been an indicator that it was in Britain. They filmed here. And people yeah. went nuts. Well, Found them in Utah. I mean, come on. We're a little obsessive. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you just I, liked I, it because that's Cyberman. It's Cyberman and that's <laughs> and a, and a, a, a goodbye to you the 11th to see Doctor. That again. I, I can understand why you didn't like it, Glenn. It's just not for you. <laughs> well, that's why that's why I'm, I'm reserving any more comment on it because I, I I recognize that the story is not just not my style. Six months from now, you'll go back and reread it when we're in the middle of the dry spell. And there's no new who, and you'll be like, "Man, I really miss Matt. I need something to get me over the hump." And we'll pull this Maybe back. Maybe I'll realize that, that it was it was just all tainted by the fact that I just said I'd already closed you know, that said book. And, yeah, I already closed that, that chapter. It's very possible. Because it's one thing, you know. I read, I, love I read new stuff with Tenet in it that I didn't see even after Tenet. But it, but it's it's quite removed from having already said goodbye. And this was just literally like days after. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that, I can see where that might be. I love the art in it too. I think they did a really the good job. Was with nice. them. The art was nice. I can find good things to say, but don't get me wrong. I liked I liked a lot of the jokes, especially the convention jokes. Those were those were a lot of fun. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, and I'm, the bit in the bedroom was a bit sad. I'm done. I can't. Um, I can't defend where? this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got coming up on the schedule? Song? Coming up on the schedule. I am so excited that uh, we're going to run all the way through January with Tom Baker. We're going to do a lot of running. Uh, we're going to start the E Space trilogy uh, this week for Friday Night Who. So we're going to which one did we determine was first? Was Full Circle or Warriors Gate? Oh, Warriors Gate's the last one. <clears throat> it's not Warriors Gate then. Full circle. Then. It's full circle. First circle, then State of Decay, because they pick right. up. They pick up Adric in full <laughs> circle. <laughs> they go. <laughs> they go and to. Shoot sh- up. Sh- they meet the vampires in State of Decay, <laughs> and you you do that. He's known all of this. Uh, and then, and then he does yeah, searches. And I know we, basic information. And then the lion people in Warriors Gate. <laughs> there were lion people. Lion people. Well, they always looked like lions to me. I don't oh, remember lion really? people. Yeah. So. <laughs> As they try to traverse back. Well, that part I remember. Space, yeah. And I remember the mirror. I don't remember lion and people. The ship and the, I don't the remember the ship. I remember the mirror. It's pretty much all I remember. I, I, I remember. I remember the mirror, and I remember the end because yeah. the end sucked. But um, I think you're going to be impressed with how little I know of Espace. I know the basics. Well, here's hoping. Anyway, so which one is it? 
Full circle? Full circle. Full circle. So we're going to start with full circle. We're coming full circle. We're Wait, coming no, we're not. <laughs> I think that maybe that's my problem with these because I cannot keep these stories straight in my head. Well, the title of full circle makes sense once we see the story. There, there's a reason why full circle is the name of the story. I must not remember it all. I remember there were swamp people and Adric. That's pretty much. Swamp people and the other people and everything's come full circle. Does Kroll show up? Kroll does not show up, no. Or Scorby? <laughs> no Scorby. No Scorby. Uh, uh, we're genuinely, we last saw we're him genuinely in e so. space where academics are important. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying about Scorby? Come visit e space where you can win a gold medallion for being smart in math. I'm totally never going yeah. to e space <laughs> ever. It sounds kind of like a downer to me. <laughs> but, um, I don't have a medal. <laughs> I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I showed up in algebra with a gold star pinned to my chest and told her that it was an award for mathematical excellence. If I could just skate by and not, if I could, like, <laughs> can I test out? Well, there's nothing Surely that we could possibly is... teach you here, Sean. Yeah, so... I have the badge. A plus. Goodbye. I have the badge. <laughs> automatic badge. Automatic. Year off. <laughs> the semester off. If I could make that work, Adric would <laughs> elevate so high on my companion <laughs> hey, list. If that worked for you. That will Hedrick would elevate so high on my God, just best I'd be so ever. Um, so yeah, we're starting with Full Circle on Friday Night Who. Our show next week, um, we will discuss Full Circle, and we will be discussing our reviews on the second Tom Baker Fourth Doctor audio adventure, Renaissance, Renaissance Man. So uh, if you haven't started listening, you might want to do that. Of course, it's a little bit shorter; it's about an hour, I think. Yeah, uh, on those. Uh, and then the following week, we'll be doing State of Decay, and we'll be doing the third Fourth Doctor audio adventure, which is The Wrath of the Iceni, or however, I think that's right. I- Iceni, however it's pronounced. Sure. Uh, and then uh, the final week, we will be doing Warrior's Gate, and then discussing kind of it and the E-Space trilogy and, right. as, as a whole. So you've got some big finish to listen to, and some Tom Baker, to, with a lot of Tom Baker to finish out the month, but that's okay, because we haven't had any we in a while. Had, yeah. Well, we at Zygons was the last one for Halloween, so. Yep. It's been a quarter. <laughs> oh, although we did on our own watch. Brain of Morbius. Brain of Morbius. Yeah. Well, I did too. Later. On your own? Later. <laughs> on my own later. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right to me. I mean, I, I, I go into watching these again with a little bit of reluctance because I don't think they've ever been any of my either you know they're, i don't hate them but they're not, just not really one of my favorite sets of stories so um i'm i'm well again i haven't seen these since they aired oh wow so okay. it's been a long long while for you me to these, watch right? them. i do own okay because i have a set as well so. um but if i remember i remember the first story in my mind is pretty forgettable the second story i loved because of the setup and the mm-hmm. explanations for what go on in it. And the third story is pretty forgettable, except for the end, because it's so tragic. So I'll be curious to see how that so changes. Tragic. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I know that. It's a that bit sad. It's not tragic. We, comes back. Romana and Kanan come back, so. Yeah, seeing it is going to be completely tragic for Keith, and he might cry on the <gasps> show again. So, you would do this to me so shortly so after shortly leaving. After. I give you a whole month to re- to mourn. Don't let him tease you. It's <laughs> it's not that bad. You don't like canine like I do. <laughs> the rust. 
Oh my God, the rust. The end scene. The end scene. <laughs> Does it make <laughs> the very last <laughs> scene? School reunion make more sense. <laughs> the very last scene will fix it all for you, so don't worry about it. Okay, it'll be all right. I know he comes back in Big Finish. Thank you, Big Finish. <laughs> well, he comes back in the series two as well. <laughs> but that's a different mark, though, isn't well, it? Well, the mark that he's got when uh, yeah, because we'll he's mark about three about for we'll Sarah Jane, about. isn't it? Right? I got that right. Yeah, it's Mark 3 for Zero. Okay. Mark 4 it's now. It's okay. But... Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sean's really trying to make you worry for nothing. All right. Well, if that's going to do it <laughs> for so this week, <laughs> until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.